Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 69 of the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast, May 2018, back in the driver's seat. And my co-host, Brent, well, I, I, yeah, Whitney? oh, there you are. are. you here, Whitney? Yeah, I'm here. Hold, hold on. Let's Wait, do it. Are, are we recording? We're doing on, it. Whitney, come, Whitney, on, Whitney, come on, man. Come on, come on. Let me get up here. Hold yeah. on. Let me get... Oh my gosh, I'm back in the saddle. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, dude, I, I didn't. I was over the other end of the game room. Yeah. I was going to play some pinball. Yeah. I didn't know that we were doing this. I, I, I just snuck in, sat down, started recording a show. So I figured that's the oh best. Gosh, that's the best way to make this, this is happen. Like, this is like old times. I mean, it, it is. It is kind of like old times. If you're new it? to the show, I mean, Whitney hasn't been with us for a little bit. He's actually had life get in the way, and oh, this is this is so unexpected. Whitney, it, it, I don't know what to do. Well, you know something. The good thing about it you're is, here. I got my voice back. Yeah, kind of. Everything's good, and you know what my seat is even still warm brent i appreciate that thank well, you thank you for leaving the the heater on well, and everything i'm, I'm not going to tell you actually why it's still warm. we'll just go with yeah that. fair enough fair it's enough. just okay. warm it's How just about warm. That? Yeah. yes it yes. missed you yeah, well you know what it is good to be back and um yeah it's it, it's tough when schedule just doesn't allow for uh for the recording to happen on a timely <laughs> basis and, and all that's i mean it's on me it always is just simply because uh, you know, Brent, there's times when I just, I lead a complex life. <laughs> That's just the best way to say it. I mean, I love every day of it, but it's just a bit of a complex life. You're so. one of those people that we like to call responsible. Well, because you, you know, there is that, yes. We both have jobs and all that fun stuff, but you've actually got a family and real responsibilities. Uh, you know, and I've often said, they I don't, come in the go. I've often said, I don't know how you do it all. I don't know how my sister does it. I don't know how anybody with you know, real responsibilities. I can't keep up with me and it's just me. It's, you know, it it is tough, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of multitasking is what it is. (laughs) And sometimes you feel like uh, not a lot gets done, but you know, over the course of, you know, days and and weeks and then months, it, it, it all, it all moves forward. Well, you spend a lot of time on the road too. So that's the, that's the big thing. I I know your work calls you to travel on, it seems like more occasion than ever the last couple years yeah this this year this year is this year has been a fair amount so i and and man don't get me wrong i mean it's all good stuff i mean i'm not complaining a bit but but it definitely had it it definitely has been a bit of a a a bit of a a change to the schedule yeah it has in prior years you've you've traveled a fair amount within a couple hours of of town yeah but here recently i know you've had to pull week-long stints yeah. and then you're just hopping city yeah, to kinda, city kind of oh. go from place to place that would drive personally that would drive me crazy yeah well you know something man i, I don't really mind it I, I mean it's fun to get to see new places and do different stuff but but there again it, it does it, it does uh it does create a, a balancing act you yeah, have it does. to you have to be very good at time management is what you have to do well so. i'm not that good at time management it's all good man the main thing is we're here we're here tonight and uh man we've got the microphones hot my seat is warm which is again a good thing so dude um you know we were looking through the show notes and i was i was telling you before we hit the bit well i'm sorry before i snuck into your how could i have told you before we started recording see i just gave it all away gave it all away total fail total fail right there this is like you've never done this i know i know yeah you got to get in the swing yeah i know 68 times at bat and no you you haven't been here all 68 times yeah that's there you go (laughs) yeah 65 times at bat and then here we are it'll be all right everybody he'll warm up oh yeah 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 we'll get it but yeah it was funny because we were talking before we hit the big red button and uh 
I was like, Brent, my updates, uh, they're going to go pretty fast. So we might as well go ahead and key off of yours. So, so dude, what's, uh, what's been going on for you the past, what, month Month. and a half or so? Yeah. Well, uh, since last recording and the last show was the interview that I did with uh, Ken Truex. And that got a lot of positive feedback too, man. Oh, which I, I don't people, know why, because I was on it. Well, it, actually, dude, I've got some good <laughs> feedback. And uh, even even from our, our buddies in, in, in the uh, in the Hacks group, right, the Indiana group, they even posted about it too. So I thought that was cool. Well, since I was a part of it, I figured it'd be a flop. But okay. We'll go <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all good, man. I, I've had, and this seems to be the case, I was thinking about just some people that I know I'm going to be seeing here in the, in the coming weeks. And, um, I just, some things I should have followed up on, like to get with folks to do interviews and all that. And just, and we've had that, I've had that to a certain degree, the same thing you had just life getting in the way, whether it's family or, or other things and uh, all joking aside. And this month was not as bad. I mean, I got quite a bit done in the hobby per se, but when I sat back and looked at it, it's man, we got to get we got to get over this hump just a little bit. You know, we got to get in and play some pinball, play some video games, do something. <laughs> Word, because yeah. because you know something. I don't know about you, but I, I get kind of tired of not playing. Is is what is what I get tired of because it seems like there's always stuff that has to be done in the actual playtime dwindles well as of late bums me out as of late you know through the last month or so yeah i have found myself coming down here into my game room and turning it on and saying okay i'm gonna play a couple games on this and this good and some nights are worse than others because honestly i'm just so exhausted like i'll play a three ball game of what did i play the other night i played jurassic park and i couldn't keep the ball out of the out hole to save my life. Yeah. So it gets a little frustrating and that's on me. Yeah. But I have found myself making more time to sit down and just try to just unwind a little bit yes. and play some games. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Man. And, and focus on a game. Yes. You know, I'm going to play this and this or just this and just yeah. kind of just work at it. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. No, good. Good for you, man. Good for you. So update wise, I think I mentioned some of this last week, so I'll kind of hit the hit the highlights. Uh, I'm still working through some of the games. Oh, actually, I've, uh, other than the ones I'm going to mention, I've got quite a few that came from that buyout last summer. A couple games that I brought back from Louisville Arcade Expo was an Asteroids and a Lethal Enforcers. Lethal Enforcers is a dedicated 25-inch monitor you know, with the mirror in it. It's a nice cabinet. The Asteroids has actually left the house. I talked a little bit about it on... Maybe even the last show you and I got to record. Well, that would be episode 64. Okay, so this... That's February. Now, I talked about it after Expo. After Expo. You and I didn't record... The last time you and I recorded was actually before Expo. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the February show before Expo. Okay. Yes. Because I had some problems with it, and I had to actually uh, do a little monitor work on it. So that's all been lined out, and I had a gentleman that contacted me that had seen it at Expo, and he decided he wanted to go ahead and pick it up. So, of course, I wanted to get it all lined out. Yeah. Got that taken care of, and it it has traveled on to its new home, and he was just excited to get it. And I'll be honest with you, I was excited to get another one out of of my way. Did did it go semi-local, or did it travel quite a bit? No, it went local. Did it? Oh, that's good. Okay, that's cool. It might have went into a neighboring county. I'm trying to think back, because it's been a few weeks. But no, it's it's around. That's good. That's good. Uh, I, I, I will know... 
if I see that game again, most likely, because it happened to have stenciled on the back of the cabinet, like on the, not on the back door, the vert, you know, where it's totally vertical. Yeah. Like just above the cabinet, the, the, excuse me, the back, the flat back side on the asteroids, it kind of juts out at about 45 degrees. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a lot of those bigger Ataris, <laughs> like a pole <laughs> yeah. position or a centipede. Well, it had stenciled on it. I assume it was the name of the operator that had it. So it was, I think it was Walton. Okay. And it, so it was stenciled on it and white stenciled centered. So if I see that, if I, <laughs> that sucker, see, okay. if I see that sucker again, I'll know it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you will. I, I get games. I've had games like that on occasion that have, and I, I think it's kind of neat. I've left, um, I always leave vendor tags or operator tags or anything like that on a game I had a I had a battle zone, mm-hmm. and it had a tag on it, and it was from Washington State. Oh, yeah! Wow. And I looked at it. Let's see, I looked at it on a map, and I don't think it could have been any farther north in the state of Washington. If you looked at a map, I mean, the little I could, I'd, if I went back and looked at a map of the state of Washington, yeah. I'd find the city. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, where is? I mean, I, I recognize the state abbreviation. Yeah. I, I was like, how did that thing end up all the way over here? So what you're saying is, if you tipped it and it fell over, it would have landed in Canada, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah pretty exactly. much. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But somehow it ended up here. But it was it was a vendor tag, and they actually it was a little metal tag, kind of like the, <laughs> the the Nintendo serial tags. Yeah. And it was little Brad's tacked to the back of the cabinet. Yep. And I just I just left it. Thought it was kind of a cool thing. And I always leave the um, the state license that's license tags on them as well. Those st- the license stickers. Yeah. 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 I always I don't know if somebody if if it's my game, I'll leave it on it. If some, if it, somebody else ends up with it, it's their choice to remove it yeah. or not. But I just think I, it's re- kind of Removing neat. those stickers is also a, a tough job because they, they just, they, they peel out and they, they just literally separate into a thousand pieces. And well, they're made to do that, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they are. And it's, they're, they're very frustrating. You can't, that that yeah. way the operator can't, remove it and swap it to another exactly. game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know so how you get around it, that, it, don't it you? It works well. So for those that operate games, you know how you get around that, don't you? No, lay it on me. You get you a piece of plexiglass, and then you uh, tape it to the back of the plexiglass, like a little piece of like index card size, three by five, and you shoot a hole on the top and the bottom of the plexiglass, and you screw it to the game. That's how a lot of operators did it back in the day. Yeah, that works, man. And then if they needed to move it, they just unscrewed it and put it on the next game. Put it on the next game, yeah. So, you know, if if you're apt to go drill holes in the side of your cabinet... Yeah, well, you, you know, know. every system is made to be made to be gamed, yeah. I guess. Well, you know, I've seen pun lot, intended. I've seen a lot too that where they'll pull the bezel and they'll just pull a piece of scotch tape and they'll put it behind the bezel on the cardboard surround. So they yeah, can move it. that way, just, uh, uh, someone in a, in a bar or something can't take it off, but yeah. they could reuse it. But. Yeah. So nonetheless, the asteroids found a new home. The lethal enforcers, I still have it in the garage, and I'm I'm actually kind of glad it didn't sell because as I've been out there pittering around, I've turned it on. And uh, actually, I discovered this, this, it finally, I guess, crossed that line of saying, okay, I quit when Ken was here, because we were out in the garage and I turned it on. (laughs) And as soon as we started playing it, it was making all kinds of goofy sounds, like not the correct sounds, but it was like staticky and screechy and poppy. And yeah. so, like I said, I'm kind of glad that it did it here as opposed to someone having bought it at the show and then took it home and had a bad experience with it. Yeah. 
And what I ended up doing is I ended up opening the game up. The board is inside one of those cardboard RF boxes that were popular in that time period. Opened it up. And actually, we'll talk a little bit about more, more the, about this later in the text section. But I noticed the caps on the sound module that's on that style Konami board, they'd started to corrode and leak out. And that that's mm. a common thing. Mm. And honestly, I probably should have looked at it before. I, I, I had it here. I played it all the time. It, it, I had no cause. I'm making excuses. Yeah. I had no cause to get in there and start digging around. Everything yeah, worked. And just, and just replacing caps because. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's a whole other story. You just don't replace these. Yeah. So that ended up being the deal, and I'm getting that sorted out now. Like I said, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. I mentioned the space shuttle pin in the last show when I kind of did my little update section before Ken's interview. And I can't recall exactly how far I got into mentioning that, but it, it suffice it to say it's all wrapped up, had a little minor MPU battery damage. And while I had it, I've went ahead. I mean, have you ever looked at one of those real close, Whitney? I, I have I, not. I, no. I you mean you mean the board or the or the, ga- the game itself? Well, both. But I, what I was thinking of actually was the play field. Yeah, no, I haven't. I mean, I mean, I've played Space Shuttle quite a few times, but honestly, it's it's not. I mean, I do like the game, but I've never. I've grown to really like it. Yeah, I've never studied it to the point to where I would have more than a passing familiarity with it. So. Well, I went to strip the plastics off of it and the ramps off of it. Mm-hmm. I, I laid at, laid them all out on a card table right next to the game. You can break that game down in fifteen or twenty minutes. I, it was wow. A, I, I turned around. Well, and I was that's like, "Awesome, okay, well, there it is." Yeah. So uh, while I had it, I went ahead and <laughs> done and done. I, <laughs> I went ahead and changed out the rubbers on it and replaced lamps that were out and had a few switches to adjust and basically just gave her a good, you know, waxed it, cleaned it, just gave it a good tune up. So the owner of the game, I, I'm sure she's just going to be thrilled with it. And again, this was this is one of those things where I, I don't. I'm not in the in the market to do outside type work. I've just got enough of my own stuff. Yeah. And oh yeah, this this lady she got a hold of me and uh her there's a there's a gentleman in town that does slot machines and i can't remember how somewhere along the years he and i passed you know our paths crossed yeah so if anybody ever approaches me with a slot machine question i just get his number out of my phone and then you know once or twice a year i might get a call somebody looking for a video game because he'll do the same thing if someone wants an arcade game or whatever yeah yeah and that's that's how this lady found me gotcha and so we just started chatting and i was like i think this is a i think this is easy and part of the conversation somebody had actually tried to scam her out of the game she had somebody come look at the games and it's not that i'm hiding a name or I, i don't know who it was yeah and we talked about it and i'm i'm it's no one that I that I know personally, but I think I know who they are kind of on the roundabouts. Yeah. And the short of it is, is that when I looked at it, I was like, that's no big deal. I mean, I, I could probably fix that and not even have to get into the things we've talked about on the show where, you, where I media blast it. Mm-hmm. It's so minor. Mm-hmm. And what it all come down to, the main root of the problem, literally the old blown fuse. Hmm. It had a blown fuse. And... I just happened to notice the battery corrosion. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like I said, someone kind of tried to take her on it because they really played up what was obviously a very minor couple issues. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think she's going to be happy. It's just the 
I'm I'm just helping her out. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, it, in the time being, she has moved. So I've got to loan her space shuttle for like a couple months. It's sitting back here behind my Tron. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm when I turn it. the game room on, I'll go back there and play space shuttle. Yeah. So, you know, I if anything, I've like I said, I've got a free space shuttle for two or three months. Yeah, for however long it sorts itself out. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it a game you would go get now after after playing it? I mean, is it is it space worthy? I guess not space in the game room. Rather, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. If if I came across one at a fairly good price, I could see it working its way in, but I don't see it staying. Yeah, you know, Um, just you know, from a space perspective. I mean, I'd put a firepower in its place. So. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Or nip it or whatever. Or what have you. Oh, yeah. I'm still going to nip it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's a fun game. Yeah. I, I don't know if I, I, no, I, let me just correct that. I wouldn't go seeking one, but if I had one turn up, oh yeah, I'd, I could see it down here for six or eight months. Mm, well, good deal. You know? Yeah. I mean, I like the premise of it and I like, I like how the game is executed. It's just despite that it it would be <laughs> on, on whitney's list of games to go get it, it would never it probably never rise above number 30 to be quite <laughs> honest with you and so because of that it's i i just never have put any time to it well ha- having had it set here uh-huh i've got a new appreciation for and, it. And you know what and i'm sure i would too if i if i had the same situation put to me mm-hmm. because I, I think almost all of these pins you could say the same thing about that maybe except for gorgar but uh, but all of these pins you could say the same thing about because um there's there's enough of a story and enough of a theme and enough of a, an execution that we probably don't ever really get to dig into mm-hmm. that simply because we don't have access to all of these titles day in and day out to dig into them so yeah i mean i want to give it i want to give it its fair shake so as I mentioned, it was behind my Tron, and this kind of brings in the other thing that I've finally made time to do, which is rearrange down down here, rearrange mm-hmm. my game room. For the last several months, things have just been kind of everywhere, and I've had games slid to the side in front of other games to open up the main floor to move stuff in and out, and yeah. it just, I couldn't just, I could turn the game room on and play a select few things but there was still stuff that was unplugged moved around and i finally just got tired of it yeah and the little bits of stuff that i had scattered about to include another tron and all the associated parts i finally just went through and i said okay look i'm gonna i am going to re-own my home yes so i had a bunch of stuff that had just managed to find its way in little piles up in the main living space and down here and I spent probably the better part of a week just fine because I didn't realize I had this many little piles of yeah, stuff that yeah. I just, I'll put this here and deal with it later. Yeah. Well, later had come. Yeah. I was just over it. Yeah. The game room, I had a pole position that was in my shop, and I, I'm sure that came up multiple times. I know it did before Louisville Arcade Expo. And yeah. that was the first one I pulled out with intention of taking it to Expo. And it just... I had to move on and uh, I went yeah. ahead and it's, I moved it on. I moved it out of that room and it's out in my garage now. And honestly, unless I have some revelation mainly in terms of time, which I don't see doing, it's probably going to set out there till the one circuit multi-pole position board comes out mm-hmm. and then it's just going to solve all my problems and I'm not going to care. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. part of me is like, I don't like have having been beat. Yeah. But another part of me is, 
I, I just, I, I've got to quit spinning wheels and yeah. it, I can, I want to learn more things in other areas. I would like to have learned more about it, but I mean, once the one circuit board hits, I mean, it's really not going to matter because I don't think there's going to be a lot of people caring about fixing pole positions. I, I think, I think that's a, a very valid point. I, I think a lot of people will use the one circuit board as the de facto fix. Yeah. And then maybe only the purists will honestly really care about original hardware, about original, original, hard- original, hardware. original, original hardware. Yeah. So at least for now, and a lot of that probably is like I said, I'm tilt, I'm slanted rather of just disgust, having spent so much time on it. Mm-hmm. I fixed several before, but not one I guess this far broken. And it's just for me from a time perspective, it's a bridge too far right now, so it yeah, had to go I to the that. side. I get that. The Tron, the second Tron that was sitting out here. It got pulled into the shop, so it got out of the middle of the floor. I've already got a working board for that, and it it needs a good going through. It needs a monitor fixed. It the bottom of the cab has some issues. I got to straighten out. That's going to be my next focus once I get through a couple other little piddly things I've got sitting around, mm-hmm. and then I can really dive into that thing. And all the spare parts I moved in there, so that's all out from under underfoot. And now out here in the main game room, I'm I'm thinking a little bit more about doing kind of a, like a lineup rearrangement. I, I'd moved my pole position back in a corner, and I took what I kind of around the corner here in the game room. I had two Nintendo versus cabinets. Yeah, took one of those to Arcade Expo and with the intention of selling it because I just decided I only wanted the one. I didn't need two down here. And we've had that conversation about games and space that eventually sold. So I had a little bit of space and I've, I've actually got things rearranged back there on that wall with a lot of gap between the games. And I've got my Tron sitting right here in the middle of the game room and I got an outlet in the ceiling. And I think what I'm going to end up doing is probably taking the centipede that's right there over by you. Yeah. Sliding it way back here around the corner where the pole position's now at, mm-hmm. fill that wall back out since mm-hmm. the Nintendo cabinet's gone, and then set the Tron in here next to the Gorf yeah. is what's going to end up happening. Yeah, yeah. And just because I think the Tron in the Gorf, because they got a very similar ish cabinet shape and they both got the flight stick and i just kind of from an aesthetic perspective i think it would work out so there's probably some more rearranging sliding around and i'm sure when if i start doing that other things are going to make their way around oh yes yeah and the other thing that the last thing and we'll talk a little bit about this too in the tech section is a friend of mine contacted me and he had a board out of a papa shot and you know papa shot is basically your basketball games you know, you, yes. you, you start it, put a credit in it, the little gate opens, the balls come out, and you start shooting hoops. And it, it sits in his church, and it's, he's got a few games in, the, in his church, actually larger games, like sit-down drivers and stuff like that for the youth group. And they just love it. And it, it, he ended up needing a little repair work on that. And so I, I knocked that out for him. It, it it ended up being kind of a heavy lift and that'll tie into some tech discussion a little later. Just not as much on the Papa shop board as much as kind of what happened to it and lesson learned for all of us. So I I get that. Yep. I get that. Yeah. Cause I don't think many of us have a Papa shot sitting down in our game rooms. You got to have a little height for a Papa shot, you (laughs) know, that's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) And and if you're going to devote a space to a Papa shot, I mean, 
okay. I, I mean, I teach his own. You know, uh, I've seen inside of several of those larger, like the just a general Papa shot and like the football games where they're in those long, tall, deep cage type cabinets and you're you're literally throwing a ball at a target yeah the boards that run them they're not that the game's not that complex so the board set isn't that complex and they're they're almost like a cheap timex watch they just keep going and you tend to have mechanical problems with those things you know and there's there's as many flavors of those things as there are whatever you Mm -hmm. know birds in the sky so it's (laughs) It, they're almost kind of disposable yeah. to a degree, but yeah, and, and disposable and just it, to, it, to me, I bulky. just look at I just look at them and it's like that's just a bulky pain in the yeah, absolutely yeah, hit the button yep. yeah, dump me yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So that's that's basically my updates, man. Well, that's that's not that's not bad, dude. Not bad at all. You you actually wound up doing uh, actually wound up doing quite a good bid. So, yeah, I look <laughs> I look at my updates and they're all pretty tactical in nature. <laughs> it's like pick up the water, carry the water, pick up the water, carry the water. But uh, but no, before I get into before I get into any updates, I do want to take a second. And Brent and uh, do a little housekeeping. Does this relate to us. the boxes that said? Did, yeah. Did you see the pile of boxes that I carried? I no. did. How could you have seen that, Brent? Well, because when, I came in and started recording. Well, when I ran over, I was like, "Oh, oh that's Whitney oh, behind that big pile of boxes." Yeah, yeah. Touche. It's it's a it's a good save, man. Good save. So <laughs> so anyway, yeah. See, so, I I can keep the illusion. Yeah, going yeah, yeah. So yes. all podcasting fail. Setting that aside, we are left with a bit of housekeeping. So, number one is, uh, Brent, I've got two boxes here, two packages, I guess is the best way to say this. Do I need to come get one? And, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, I'll yeah, tell you, you what. Talk, yeah, 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 why don't I set it up? Because you, I'd look, wait, no, no, no. I want to hear you describe this into that microphone as you carry it across the room. Yeah, so exa- yes, exactly. <laughs> and listen to all of the stuff that breaks as I do that. No, but, uh, Dear, dear friend of the show, Jim Hale, has uh, sent has sent something here to my house and, uh, and with a little note. And he said, uh, hey, Whitney, he said, uh, this, uh, this is for Brent and this is for you. He said, uh, either open these at Christmas or the next time you guys record a show. <laughs> it's, so, so at it's Christmas, <laughs> meaning uh, Christmas didn't happen. So here we are in May. Exactly. <laughs> but the main thing is... Have you had these since Christmas? Uh, I think I've had them since uh, Christmas or right around that time yes yeah and so i forgot to bring them with me uh in the february show and then of course march and april just did not present itself okay so anyway brent they say that uh they say that the best gifts are the ones that come from the heart and we know that these do so real quick uh to describe these uh jim has uh jim's got a package for you a package for me and they're wrapped in uh what is literally uh the sunday Sunday funnies. funnies yes and it's awesome so so I have no idea what's inside these. I just hope that I something... I hope it wasn't food. Or, <laughs> food or explosive. How about that? Yes. Or or a live animal at some point well, making its, its not, way to Kentucky. This one's not stinking. So. Yeah. No, mine, mine smells very good as well. But uh, Brent, I tell you what, um, I'm going to sit over here and cross my fingers and hope that mine has something to do with the Dukes of Hazard. And so while I'm doing that, okay, you go ahead and open yours. Let's see what you got. The Dukes, so, that, was, that was rather random, yet it wasn't because... I know you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Well, and Jim knows how much I just absolutely love the Dukes of Hazard. So okay, well I've got a box. Okay, now do you need? Do yeah, you need I don't like have a, anything to. Okay, here here you go. I've got here. Here's oh, my wait, box. Wait, wait, wait. No, hold on. Wait a minute. Okay, now, right. it looked like it had some packing tape on it, but actually that's been split and it's okay. just got some smaller. Yeah, I was gonna I, I was gonna pass you a on. weapon to brandish in case you hold needed on. it. I can okay? muscle. I'm muscling my way. Okay, in. all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, we got some. All right, it's, there's, I'm gonna, there's some. I'm gonna oh, just sit here and just wait. All right. Oh, is there? Uh, I've, unless this is that's some wrapping paper. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I've got Jim has sent me another handheld game, Ooh. a mini arcade else, and it's running. And it's called <laughs> Well, however long it's been running, just add five months to that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Jim, I'm gonna pick your game up right now. <laughs> this is kind of cool. This is like uh and it's just it I, I love these uh for lack of a better term, I guess mini display this is disposable right kind of no pocket pockets probably better because yeah, they're small the, the pocket is, game this is you can tell this is old because it's made entirely too nice so disposable yeah. doesn't fit doesn't yeah. definitely doesn't fit the bill and it's called alien and it looks like some kind of little shooter i see a right and a left oh no i bet i wonder if i have to avoid something i don't know i'm gonna have to get in here and figure out i got a mode button yeah, yeah, you need to play that while you're eating your cereal in the morning, and you know when you can, we can do some some high intensity Man, this focus thing is, on that. This this it's about the size from a, a x y dimension. Of course, it's thicker of a business card. Yeah, but, I was going to say it's a little bit bigger than a business card, right about the size of like a, like a classic iPod or something. But you can tell that this is a little older tech. Yeah, because it's solid. It doesn't flex, and it's actually screwed together. Ooh. So this must—I'm sure that this is probably '80s vintage. Yeah, and you know that. Uh, wait, made, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Made today. <laughs> yeah, it smells '80s. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so here's the other. Let me get the, this paper and stuff out of the way. See how much noise I can make into the microphone. Okay, he, Jim has sent me another. This is another handheld game, and this is a little newer. Because this is based on a um, one. This looks like one of the ships. No, it says Star Wars on it, so that's. It looks like it's one of the Episode One type ships that the oh, one of the pod racers. No, no, like the Trade Federation had. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's what it kind of yeah. looks like to me. Yeah, as they were floating around Naboo. Yes, yes. yes. So, and uh, you hear that, Casey? See, I got that reference right. Did uh -huh, you get that exactly. reference right? I did. This yeah. Can you hear that? Oh, yeah, cool. So it looks like... I, I, it, I, it's got like a, a, a play field that looks like... You remember the battle scene on Naboo where it was like out in that big field? And all yes. the droids would land? And all the droids would land so and, that's, then, and then pop up their force fields? Right, so that's yeah. what the background looks like. Oh, and I, so I can move the tank, and I can move the turret, and then, or is that fire? Okay, I, I'm going to have to figure out how to play this, but obviously I don't want to do it on the air. Yeah, and not, so. not like you have been doing. No, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jim sent me something that's got buttons and shiny yeah. lights. I mean, yeah. what do you expect? Hey, man, I, you know what? I expect, I expect to be doing the exact same thing as you're doing right now. All so. right, so open yours up. Okay, I'm going to sit so over here and try to figure out okay, Alien so here. I'm, I'm shaking mine, and of course, it, it it doesn't scream or yell for help, so that so that so that's good. I like Jim doesn't send us stuff that eats or... or 
poops. No. You know, no, 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 <laughs> you don't no, have to no, feed no. it or clean it up. No, clean up it, this is awesome. It's like the best presents ever. Like if okay. I send somebody something, it'd be like a capuchin monkey in a box. <laughs> <laughs> that would want to take your face yeah, off as soon you as you that, opened up you the box. You know that box, and he'd, he'd want to feed. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, he'd been in there far too. I tell you, if you send it to my house, he, he's going to lose a few pounds, okay? That's, that's all I noticed. All right, so here it goes. So I'm I'm opening the box he's just, here. Whitney's just looking for an excuse to use that, that razor knife. Oh, man, I tell you, every single day of the week, man. What are you talking about? You know, I, I walk down the street and somebody says, does, does anybody have a... And I'll immediately just flip, flip my box cutter open and say, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Here, I got you covered. Jim right sent here. me no a couple problem. of these handheld... Where does he get these? It's like it's like the Joker. I, from, I, where does where does Jim get those wonderful toys? I, I don't know, but he gets good quality 80s retro toys. I look around gets. and I don't... I, I can't find the stuff here. Ne- neither can I. Okay, so any, so here we go. So I'm, I'm going in into the box. Oh, ho, 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 ho. He... Oh yeah, he yeah he he knows me. All right, so here we go. So I've got a book. Press start to play. Uh, forward by Ernest Klein, the author of Ready Player One. Oh, this is this is going to be great. So, oh, this is this is excellent. So is that a current? Is that a, a more modern book, or is that well? If it mentioned Ready Player One, then it's got to be within the last couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah, it it. It is, and so let's see. I need to. Wow! And he. It looks like this has got. Look, look at this, Brent. It's got signatures in the front of it and everything like that. Oh wow! Yeah. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do some digging on this. Get into the microphone, Whitney. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm You're gonna have to practice. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do some digging on this. So it looks like a collection of short stories is what it looks like because each um, each story is uh, is. Uh, done by a different author, uh, was written by a different author, and uh, yeah, it definitely looks like a, a collection of short stories that are all retro themed. Okay, so yeah, including stories by Andy Weir, Mark Laidlaw, um, Austin Grossman, Holly Black, Rihanna Pritchett, Hugh Howie, so on. So, oh man, that that is that is awesome. I'm going to take a picture of that, and make sure that that gets uh, gets up on Twitter. Let's see what is the next one that we have here. Oh, 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 this is kick butt. This, I, I, I'm Did telling you. Is that a VHS tape? No, 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 no. It's, it's not. But what it is, is this is a Atari 2600 oh, okay. homebrew game called Give Me My Pancake. <laughs> <laughs> And the great thing about it... That, that is, sounds like something you would say just randomly. Just randomly. And the, the interesting thing about it is Give Me My Pancake actually has four variations of games on it. And uh, it looks like Jim was able to get cartridge number 68 here for the show. Because that, that's how he's got it labeled. So it says Broken Token number 68 on it. So I'm going to have to look through that. Sweet. So that, I mean, that is, that's totally, totally awesome, Jim. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then look at here. Look at here. Last but certainly not least, Brent. I mentioned, I mentioned the Dukes of Hazard. And guess what? Uh oh. This is, is that a 45? This is the Dukes of Hazard theme song. From, by Waylon Jennings on 45. You know what's going to happen on the next show, don't you? We're playing this bad boy I would is what ha- we're doing. I, I, somebody you know may have a turntable. Well, and I'm going to tell you what. 
uh, on episode number 70, the only thing I know to say is straight up right now in advance, it's going to get real on episode number 70, okay? Uh, and you, you want to know what's awesome about this is I remember the opening I of do. the show starting out with Waylon and his guitar in this pose. I remember so for all the people who can't see it, what's, I'm going to post a What's it say in the upper right-hand corner? Uh, it says, uh, so it says the Dukes of Hazard here on the upper and then left it hand Waylon. corner. Then it says Waylon that on the top right hand corner. That, uh, what is that, what is that called? A sleeve? Yeah. Just a sleeve or cut? Yeah. That sleeve. I'm going to go with sleeve. Yeah. That looks really familiar. Like, I don't think I had that, but I'm pretty sure someone I knew growing this, up had that. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. And, and Jim... Uh, Brother Jim knows this, man. I, I, I even invoke the Dukes of Hazard before I even open it up, and guess what? There's something from the Dukes of Hazard inside. Brother Jim, thank you so much. That is that is awesome. Jim that, looks that's like he's going to go on Twitter. He's going to sure. start me on another mini collection. That he's going to start you on a hunt. It, here I've been thinning stuff out. I'm looking at this. There's actually a site called Handheld Empire. Oh and it's boy. all these handheld games. And here's a picture of the alien game he sent me. And it looks like there might be a, co- a couple different color variations. And apparently they were also made for, I see one here with a Radio Shack name on it. And the game is called Highway. And it looks like a lot of these, this one says mini arcade LCD game. So there's, I see ones that are branded mini arcade. I see one, a few that are man. What does that say? Tristar. It's a small font here and I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. Tristar. (laughs) So it looks like there's a company that sourced these games made quite a few titles and they were also resold under a few different brands. Oh, interesting. So this okay. would be, this is pretty cool. So so they they had some market success mm-hmm. and were able to keep going. So that yep. that's that's good. That's good. All right, now, now Brent, I, I need to get some pictures of that before we okay. leave. Tonight, oh, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Now the second thing before oh, we thank if I didn't say it, thank you so very oh, much. Yes, brother Jim, thank Mr. you Jim. so very much. Absolutely awesome. Now Brent, they say, and I think this was a line in a movie. They say that the best gifts are the ones that keep on giving, and this is a perfect example. If there's a capuchin monkey in that box, I swear to you, I'm going to strangle you no, right no, here I've, on the air. I've already punched him in the face and fed him a banana. Okay, so so he's well tamed and taken care of. All right, he didn't make it to seventy. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, that. So so here here we go. Now, do you remember uh, several episodes back when we were talking about the Vectrex a little bit? Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, now, and my, my buddy Chris Parsons from over in the UK sent with me uh, back when uh, my my family and I went over to uh, the UK back in October of last year. Remember, he sent that homebrew Vectrex Yes, cartridge. absolutely. Uh-huh. Okay. Now... That is sitting there right now as a reminder on my to-do list that I need to recap my Vectrex. A good, okay, yep. good deal. Good deal. Mm-hmm. Now, guess who this package is from? I'm going to go with Chris Parsons. Mr. Chris Parsons. And Mr. Chris Parsons... Sent us a follow up, Brent. Is that a capuchin monkey from the UK? It, 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 well, you know, 
I'm yeah, not going to let this go, Wendy. It's, it's that. <laughs> yes, it's, it is that. I, I, I'm just... Okay. You don't even know what to do now, do you? No, just, let's just end the show. Grit, Grit 69 is a wrap, okay? We have to go feed it's the like monkeys. we're back in the saddle. Yeah, exactly. Let's go feed the monkeys. All right, Brent. So here, here's what we have got. So I've already got this opened up. Okay. And Do I need to come over there? It, it, just here in one second. Let, let me go ahead and get everything... Uh, let me go ahead and get everything sorted for you. So... Yes. So here. Okay, hold on. I'm coming over. So here is yours. And again, this is from Mr. Chris Parsons. So there you go. Now, part uh, what's on top of that package, Brent, is the instruction manual that uh, he did send home with me back in October, but I misplaced under a stack of magazines, and I and I didn't find them until yesterday. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, and I sent, and I sent Chris a picture, and I said, "Hey, look at what I found." And he goes, "Well, he goes, I knew they weren't, I knew they weren't gone." I'm like, "Oh no, I, I knew they weren't gone either. I just had to find them." So. <laughs> So what that is. So let me get this straight. You've had this, and granted, I realize I'm completely overlooking the fact that I've got gifts. Exactly. But you've had the gifts from Jim Hale since Christmas, and it's May. Yeah. And you've had this since way before Christmas, and it's May. Exactly. Yes, that is exactly right. So anyone wanting to send anything to the show, reach out to Brent. <laughs> At bro- and then I'll give you my address. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. No capuchin monkeys. Yes, and but you know something, Brent? The, the packages always get delivered. I will say that. Man, this so, this manual is nice. I mean, it this is, is, and that's the European release manual, is what that is. Okay, so so that manual and the cartridge go together. That, even, that was a even special down to release. The, the background. Uh huh. On the on the manual, it has the that Vectrex kind of gray it, with the, it, it does with the the cubes or squares or that hashed look exactly I don't know how you describe that yeah it's it's got it's got that pa- it, it has that pattern feel to yes, it yes it? absolutely yes. yeah it's it's really really nice and um the, of course the blue cartridge with the with the the rosin covered rom and everything mm-hmm. like that is uh, is part was part of that initial kit okay so so chris we we got everything square for uh, for brent on the vectrex side now go ahead and open the other package brent and you will be very pleased used to know that i've only had that for about a week and a half okay so well, why did, i'm getting better so this looks to be now this is a boxed version uh-huh. is that correct that, that would be a boxed version of, of chris's it's chris's game uh-huh big, big blue big blue yes and it's not only boxed but it's also in a real cool kind of box protector so it, the it's in a box in a box, so yeah, it stays it, nice and crisp. It stays but, nice and crisp, and that would be the U.S. release version of, of the game. Instructions, box, and everything like that. So so, so realistically, Brent, what you've got are, especially on, on the U.K. side of the house with the instruction manual and the, the, the rosin cartridge, you've, you've actually got something pretty collectible there. So, because the, so why is there a difference in the UK and in the US version? You, it, it, it was his it was his first run versus okay. a, a oh. first limited run. Gotcha. versus a full distribution run. Gotcha is what it is. What it is. Man, this thing is awesome. The cart looks beautiful, I, doesn't well, it? Well, I'm just thinking about what it would take to have the box produced. Uh huh. And it's got a, a, an insert in here like a plastic carrier and I'm trying to think back to when we had box Vectrex games, the Vectrex I have was my sister's. So we've had it 
it's it's a it's been in the family since it was new. Yeah. But this thing has a uh, an, uh, an insert in it that you would you would as you would expect the cart just isn't in here flopping around. Uh, no, no, it, it looks like it, it looks like you just unwrap 1982 and out of that box. Is yeah, what exactly. It looks like. Yes, and the box is beautiful and the cart is beautiful. Yeah, d- yeah. Watch your top there. There you go. Right, I'm getting it. I'm getting okay. it. Don't get excited. Yeah, don't get right. excited. All right. Well, Chris, thank you so very much. This is. This is awesome. Yeah, and, and just to give a, a plug to Chris, his his company is Vector Republic, and uh, you can find him on the on the intertubes at www.vectorrepublic.co.uk. On the intertubes, is that what the kids say these that's days? That's what the kids say these days, dude. That's you where know? you've that's where you've been all these months. Exactly right, man. You realize these are numbered too, right? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah, there's a number on the back of the cart. Oh, nice. And a number on the inside of the box Ex- flap. Excellent, excellent. What number did you get? A 44. Excellent, okay. As long as it's lower number than yours, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Speaking I like, of which... Hey, I like symmetry, so the four and the four is fine with me. No, I, I, I get that. This is all... And uh looks like he also included a couple of the cart labels, too, for us. So... Or what do you what do you got there? Go ahead and open it up. No, I've got the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I was going to go ahead and open mine up and see what the number was. What you got? What you got? What you got? Uh, forty three. No, so I don't need the lower yeah. number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm happy with either one. So that that is that is super sweet, so, Whitney. Sometimes I say things just for myself, and sometimes I say them just so I could look see what the look is on your face. That's <laughs> good. That's good. You know something? I, I'm going to look back years from now and know that I did leave uh, that I did uh, lead a purposeful life. If you know what I'm saying? So, so that's the reason why none of it bothers me, man. It's all good. My well, my, ma- my main purpose here is to bring happiness to others. So. <laughs> just several months late. <laughs> just just several months late. You know? Hey, I did say bring. I didn't say bring timely. Okay. okay? All right. So, okay. Technicality. Yes. Yes. That, that is how they go. So, so do you know if Chris has any other games in the works? Uh, yes, he is. Uh, he's working right now on a Vectrex version of the Nintendo uh, Sheriff game, and it's called Frontier. So that is, uh, if you go out to his Facebook page, he's been posting a kind of uh, picture updates on that. Is is he's been doing that? And uh, for all the Nintendo folks, they would they would know uh, Sheriff and mm-hmm. as Sheriff slash Bandito, and uh, just you know a very very a very cool early Nintendo game. So I've got a Bandito, uh, the monitor's out in it, and I'm trying to think. Is that Oh, I should know. Is that that's not similar in any way to like gunfight? The midway no, no, gunfight. No, 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 yeah, no. Okay. Bandito, right. I don't know why I was Bandito and that. Sheriff are essentially the same game. Okay, yeah. I don't know why I was thinking that it was similar to a gunfight. Yeah, no, gunfight uh, would would definitely be different. So, um, so it, yeah. Anyway, so there's uh, there's that from Chris and Chris. Thank you so much, buddy. And. We appreciate that, and and I I do, you know, Brent. I, I'm at a point I need to find a Vectrex, and you know something? Oh, you don't have one? No, I don't have one. And I and I, I, I want this time. I thought I knew you. Yeah, exactly. No, I I, I have not had one, and I want to find one something awful. But I will say this: uh, easier said than done. Is, well, is that's kind of. Sur- I haven't looked for one in a while, but I thought the average rate for a, a Vectrex stateside working uh-huh. a little rough maybe about a hundred bucks i mean hundred bucks is a hundred bucks but they, it's not like they're un un unobtainium. yeah they're right right now I, i'm just going to use ebay pricing as a reference but right now they're they typically run on ebay 350 to four oh, wow yes they do 
have you looked at any of the Facebook Vectrex groups? Yeah, and there's there's only a couple, and they they don't really sell. They don't really sell there. They just discuss there. Okay. So I've been a, re- a little reluctant to post on those groups for fear of not being a good citizen, you know, and, and bringing scorn upon my scorn upon myself at a later point in time. I didn't really want to do that, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've been, I've been looking for one for a while and, and it's just a, it is just not panned out as of yet. So I, I'm, I'm hoping one will turn up. I just, man, 300, geez. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? I knew that the 3d viewer dealy, uh-huh. they were pretty pricey. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, I don't know if I ever told you that a friend of mine, uh, at work, actually, he sits in the desk in front of me right now to this okay. day. Okay, years ago. So I was at the, my old house, and it was before I had video games. So this was probably fifteen plus years ago. Okay, yeah. And eBay was just in its infancy. He, I had some console stuff, and he he caught me one day toward the end of the day at work. He said, "Do you have any Vectrex stuff?" You have a Vectrex? I said, yeah. He said, okay. Well, he had found in a thrift store the 3D Imager. Oh, nice. And a stack of games. And I'm pretty sure it was all of, if not all of, all but one or two boxed the the, the games that went with the 3D Imager. Yeah, the 3D nice, games. Nice, nice. And he left them. Uh huh. And it was just this weird out of the way thrift store. He's like, Oh, it's over. It's like, I know what you're talking about. At one point in time, the building was like a boys and girls club. Oh, okay. And yep. it was just, and that's probably the only thing that saved him. Yeah. And he went and he was there when the door opened the next morning and it was still there and he bought all of it. Yeah. And back then, I want to say that he ended up almost. It, it, it bought his first digital camera, and we all know what digital cameras cost 15, 18 years ago. Big money. So I would have loved to have had it, but there's no way I would have back then. I mean, that was yeah. I, that was big money. Yeah, throwing the money know? around, yeah. And, and it was too much money for me to ask for the good friend discount and all that. There's no way. I just, there's no, there's, I would have never have done that. Mm-hmm. But that was, you want to talk about a score of scores. Yeah. So it sounds like it, it was like the vector. He come over with this shopping bag full. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Can some of that fall out here, please? Oh my God. The, the 3d thing, it was a, it was a spinning wheel. And I know other game systems and other, I guess, media, whatever's have tried that type technology. So you put this thing, this most uncomfortable get up on your face. It was the most unergonomic thing you could imagine yeah and it powered itself out of the vectrex i thought i can't remember how one way or the other it had a little motor in it and it sounded like if that little wheel came loose it was going to saw your nose right off your it, face bingo. it, was, it yes. was very concerning yeah it was like, oh yeah oh i i think i'd just be happy playing star castle and yeah. just move on move on down the line or big blue you know mm-hmm. and, and then just move on down the line but but yeah I, i'm definitely wanting to find a vectrex at some point so i'll i'll keep an eye well, out. well you never know that. one of the listeners may have one they may have one that they're willing to sell so if you do that's great so make sure you send it to me so i can get a little off the top <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do that. That would be great. Yeah, but uh, but in other news, man, uh, work just as I have time, Brent, work continues on the Scott Skipper conversion uh, stuff, and I have uh, I have put some some hours to our new website, and so I've got that. 
I've got that up and running, uh, not ready to go public yet, but up and running, got the cart system working and working on that. And so that's, I think that's going to be, uh, be pretty neat whenever, whenever we do get that ready to go. I was really, really wanting to have it done for this episode, but, uh, time, time just, just didn't, didn't allow that to happen. So I, I'm, I'm probably too much of a perfectionist and it's like you can just burn hours just moving pixels around mm-hmm. on a website. So anyway, there, there's that. Yeah, going good. But um, Brent, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to sell some games. I've, I've got to the point where I'm ready to thin the herd a little bit. So I've got, um, you know, I've got some games that are going to be going up on the, going up on, on the, uh, I guess the, the Facebook groups or something here pretty soon. And, um, you know, I've, I've gone out to my building and looked and it's like, what, you know, what, what's going to make the first round easy. And, um, I've, I've got a, an Atari Arabian, a Gorf, uh, a looping, uh, an asteroids deluxe, and then, uh, Mr. Do and a Jamma cab. And those are, those are the five machines that I think I'm going to go ahead and, and throw up on the chopping block here, here fairly soon. So the good thing about it is they're, they're all in really good shape and got manuals and everything like that for all of them. So I, I think they should, hopefully they, they should move relatively quickly. They all work and they're all in good shape. Like I say, so I, I've got a Mr. Do's wild ride. Oh, do you? Out in a cabinet. It, now, is it in a JAMA cabinet or a universal cabinet? No, it's just, well, it's actually in an old Defender cabinet. Oh, is so it? Oh, is it? Yeah. I, okay. I, I'm trying to remember, is that game recent enough where it's JAMA? I, I don't know. I, I mean, outside It's of, converted. It yeah, was kitted into it. Regardless. Outside of the original Mr. Do, I've not played any of the sequels. So I, I, I don't know. I've just seen them played. Well, my understanding is, is it's not a very common game to come across mm-hmm. I, i've not seen one at a show and if there's been one i've missed it and i i know it's sitting back there and i've just kind of let it be yeah. you know for yeah. the time being so i i don't know i i don't know if I, i'd have to play it and i'd have to fall in love with it because i definitely have no history with no it. no nostalgia yeah, yeah there's no nostalgia yeah, yeah exactly yeah no I, I get that i get that so so yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna put some effort to getting to getting those games on down the line, and Brent, I'll tell you one thing that that I've that I've put a little bit of time to this month is, and you and I talked about this in our in our chat, I think maybe a week ago, is um, just the whole topic around uh, you know getting a digital oscilloscope. And I, I went back and I went back and pulled this from our episode fifty nine. This is from back in October twenty seventeen. Uh, the show notes there, where um, where you were using your oscilloscope to fix your spy the sound issues on your spy hunter, mm-hmm. you said it would have been handy to have when you were working on the Star Wars pinball. And it's hard to believe it's almost a year ago, you know. Yeah, but it, the time does go yep. quick. But at that point, you had pointed out the the Rigol DS one oh five four the ten fifty four Z. Yep, and uh, that's you, that's been the standard for quite a it, while. It has and as you, yeah, and you and I had been talking about that, and I think you had mentioned if if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go back and listen to the audio because it was not in the show notes, but I swear I remember you talking about it then, just as we did in yep. chat, yep. where you were expecting Rigol to release a newer generation of scopes. Yep, they, they've they ridden on the 1054 for quite a while, and it's, yeah. it's basically like an upper-end hobby type scope, exactly. or maybe even a lower-end production or educational type scope. Yep. It, it comes from a, a quality manufacturer with a lot of good features, 
and it's expandable and it was first to the market in that price point because yeah. it's a sub $400 scope. It's like 350 bucks. It, 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 it's like 349 now. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the thought was, is eventually some, someone is going to come along and unseat word perfect. Yeah. And they're going to produce the new word processing software. Yeah, yeah. And is it going to be a new Rigol or is it going to be Siglent has one out there and what I was waiting for was there There was word that Siglent had its next scope in that price range, uh-huh. and it was in Japan, okay. and it hadn't made it to the States yet. Oh, I got you. And I haven't seen it yet, but honestly, I haven't looked in a little while. And that you, It would do well for what we do, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking if I'm going to spend the money, I might as well go ahead... At least in, in my mind, and see see what see what's yeah. there. You know, I, I was I was spending some time on the EEV blog yep. forums. Yep, and I read that's a rabbit hole. Oh my, oh my gosh, gosh yes. man! And I started reading on the official um, DS one hundred five four the ten fifty four Z forum thread that goes for hundreds of pages with people weighing in and, and you also have to think i mean that that forum thread of course was um was created right as the scope came out yep. i think back in late 2014 if i'm not mistaken because it's like a 2014 ish 2015 ish model scope and man oh man has the has the discussion just really flourished <laughs> about well, that scope if you put into google Rigol DS 1054Z and Siglent, like you were trying to do some comparisons. Yeah. The the first hit comes back to the EEV blog forums. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, and then all yeah. the subsequent, you know, there's it starts to list out all the, the subsequent threads. Yeah, it, it's just, man, it's just so, so much uh, information. And, and like I say, I mean, I, I'm just... I'm looking at it as just a good scope to learn with, uh, not a lot of not a lot of upfront investment mm-hmm. and um, a lot of features, a lot of features, expandability, and it's got real good community support. Yep. So it's they're small, they're light. Uh-huh. You can take them with you. You can. Yeah. You don't have to wheel around a cart. You can take it right over to the machine. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got a lot of pluses. So I mean, I've not. I've not made a move on one yet. I've not pulled the trigger on one yet um, at all, by any means. But it is something that it is something that that I have that I have given a, a bit of a bit of consideration to. So, so, so have I, I. I almost want. It, uh, they're so small now, and my workspace is kind of smallish. Yeah. But I could make that a scope work. Yeah. And and on in all honesty, there's a lot of stuff you can do with a Logic Probe. Uh huh. But you can do the same and more with a scope. Yeah. And if and, I've got it and, sitting there. And see it. <laughs> and see, yeah. 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 Like the, the, the problem that I've tracked back on the Star Wars pin that you, pinball that you mentioned uh-huh. earlier. Yeah. The logic probe was telling me it was okay. A scope would have showed me that it really wasn't. Yeah. Because yeah. logic probe is more like uh, an axe. Yeah. And your scope is like, the best surgeon scalpel, uh-huh. yep, you yep. know, depending on quality. You yeah, know, yeah, no, yeah. but I, you, I get, you get it. it roughly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if you look at the Rigol, I mean, for the bandwidth that it has and the number of channels that it has, I mean, it, it should, uh, at least I would think or feel, you know, just based upon what I know, it would suffice for what, you know, for what we would work mm-hmm. on. But nonetheless, I, I'm just, I'm just curious if other listeners have, 
got have jumped down that that rabbit hole and what they wind up buying and what they like and whether they would buy it again after using it and everything like that because you're right i mean the the scope here it is you know almost the middle of 2018 and the scope's got the scope's got a full three years of market presence on it you know Mm -hmm. in, in the channel so that's good and bad i mean it's good because the community's rallied around it it's good because you can get feature upgrades for it it's good because you can do stuff with it but I guess the I guess the flip side of that is what's right around the corner. So I guess you get a bit of that you know that FOMO that fear yep. of missing out thing exactly. going on. And that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm yeah. like, this thing's been out there for a while. It's it's gonna happen. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So, something's gonna pop. So anyway, I, I, like I say, I've not made a move yet, but um, it's it's funny that all roads tend to lead back to that model. Yes, it does. Yeah, it, it really does. Um, so, so just kind of moving on here, just kind of wrap this up. And uh, this, this is a shout out, uh, Brenna. I do want to, I do want to say this straight up. This is a shout out from um, a, a, a listener. Uh, it goes by Esquilito One on Twitter. And, and Esquilito Number One, Brenna, he had some very nice things to say about the last podcast episode. He sent me a, a, a message on Twitter and said, "Hey, Wit, missed you on the last podcast, but let Brent know he was great as a solo host." And so he goes on to say, the marquee I made for Alex should arrive today. Please take a look at it and verify that it arrives safely. So what he's talking about is... How uh, awesome I am? Well, he well thank you he, so very much. He definitely did that straight up. <laughs> he, he took care of business. How about that? Okay. <laughs> but uh, but he was nice enough and just, uh, just literally out of the goodness of his heart, he made up um, two um, Nintendo Punch-Out monitor bezels. And they're the double high bezels that, and it's the play, the play plastic plexi that has a bit of a a cant to yep. it it has a little bit of an angle into yep. it like that mm-hmm. and um like and he, they can all see yeah yeah it's not one big flat see, yes. it's not one big flat piece it actually no, has a a slight fold in it, it does and think of it as a piece of plexi standing straight up and then it actually moves over to about the one o'clock on on a clock face and the upper half of it or whatever the, the upper yep. half yeah and that that puts it at probably about a, a good solid 25 degree angle something like that and uh yeah and he he made one for me and made one for alex and sent them over so i've got to figure out how i'm going to get this one to alex but i'll find a way to do it and i just want to say escalito just you know thank you for that and we have mentioned his products on the on the show before brand he did some dragon's lair uh, uh, bracket reproductions and so uh, yeah just get on the website and search those back up they'll you'll find them in the show notes and uh, yeah he does quality work and uh, Escolito man thank you very much well, you're gonna have to awesome. let us know if you've got more things that you've got in the works and we'll definitely well I'll try not to, but Whitney will come take my money. Yeah. So, well, that's getting ready to happen here in just a few minutes, anyway. So, so yeah, Brent. Ultimately, I'm glad not, this thing, not a lot of updates. I'm I mean, glad this game Jim sent me is made of such high quality '80s plastic because it's going to survive a while while I beat you about the head and shoulders with it. <laughs> it, it, it you know something? It would work. Just my my head is just extremely hard. So, um, you need to get a couple, two, three good wax in with it that, that's what I, that's all i'll say um but yeah dude not a lot of updates like i say i, I moved a lot of water this past month so that, that's really understand how it goes. that yeah we well, talked about spending my money let's transition into a little bit of a tech segment i want to revisit that konami conversation and the papa shop board conversation a little bit with some good well some specific knowledge on the konami front for anybody that's got that type of game 
uh, and some just general lesson type knowledge for all of us that are, that are working on games. And then I guess, okay, it's been a few months. You brought me gifts, albeit late and nothing that you actually purchased on your own, but let's exactly. just look at all that. Yeah. Then I'll let you just sp- put that behind, put you, that behind. Okay? I'll just, yeah. not that I'm, not that I'm bitter. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I'll let you spend some of my money. Yeah, I mean, you know, the gift horse d- did ride into town, you know, so yeah, think about it like that. Whitney, in the first segment, I mentioned the lethal enforcers yes. and some things I had to do with it. And yep. I was kind of waiting for this, this question from you because it's a jam a game and you knew I was going to sell it Mm -hmm. and I was having problems with it and I was expecting the well why don't you just buy another board because the the JAMA stuff is a lot of it's kind of inexpensive yeah I mean I guess there's always that but at the same point I I mean hard to work on because when you get into that era Mm -hmm. you're starting to get into mixed through hole and surface, surface mount, mount yes. multi-layer boards and you've got to ask yourself is this even worth my time right. i mean is it even worth the time to do this the traces are about the width of an angel's hair yes. i mean it is tiny yes 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 not like working on the golden age stuff at no, all no no well there's a good reason and that's because these things have gotten silly expensive i remember is a couple it really that good of a game well i remember a couple years ago looking at lethal enforcers boards because I happened to have had a spare and I was paring through and trying to thin down in one of my many ventures of doing that. And I want to say that they were uh, eBay price on the outside, 50 bucks, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, it seems like now, and don't hold me to this, but I did go and look when I started having problems. And I want to say that's the reason I went down the road I've gone down yeah. and led us to this discussion that they had crossed into the like $150 range. Oh, man. And it was just as easy to try to fix it at that point yeah, for the money. I get that. I get that. So what am I trying to fix here? And, and kind of what does this affect? So there's a series of these Konami boards. And, and I know we've got some, listen to me, some younger listeners. And by that, I don't mean like 10 and 12 and 14. I mean like <laughs> in their early 40s and late 30s. We've often man, s- dude, you just dated us <laughs> bad. Look what we talk about, yeah, Whitney. Me, me and Brent. Look what we have. Here. Somebody just gave you a twenty six hundred cartridge, I know, Whitney. I know. Yeah, and tar- that thing came out in nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, eight. dude. Yeah, and and it's awesome. It's still kicking butt. Yeah, give me my pancakes, dude. We. T- <laughs> that just sounds like something you'd randomly say. Seriously, it does. Well, uh, we've mentioned on the show that. It doesn't take six months to a year, somebody that you could meet at a show and have all these common interests because you're in that same demographic age-wise. But if you're six months to a year different age-wise, it can totally change your taste in games. In this hobby. Absolutely, because things were in and out so fast. And that's kind of where I put a lot of the JAMA stuff, because I was out of the arcades before JAMA was really a thing. And it's the same thing for me. I mean, I like them, but I just I I don't pine after them because I don't have the nostalgia with them. So So Konami had this series of games and here's a couple that were that were 
and I haven't seen a lot of these PCBs, but I imagine they're the same. But they use a couple of these sound modules. From from what I've gathered, Konami had I think basically two. One was this that they this is this is the best name ever in, in arcade naming. It was the 054986A. You know, sound modules with their kind yeah. of hybrid sound modules, which you see them called. Highly descriptive. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, I, I wonder what other modules preceded the 054986A. <laughs> was well, there- it was 985Z and then 986A <laughs> after that, after A. At- so, yeah, it, I mean, come on, Brent, it, come on, Brent. It only makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yes. That's probably, other than they padded zero, that's probably the locker combination of some <laughs> Konami execs, you know, locker in the fitness center at the Y at pad the Y and Z. Pad it with zero. No, we had, it's not enough characters. We'll pad it with a zero. Come yeah. on. Yeah, it fixes everything. Yeah, and then the A is a rev. So anyway, the games like Lethal Enforcers, G.I. Joe, Metamorphic Force, I've never seen. Running Gun, I've heard of. Yeah, I've heard of that. Premier Soccer, I've never heard of. Bucky O'Hare, I've heard of. Yeah, yeah, Bucky yep. O'Hare. That that's one. That, yeah, is it? That's that seems like it's a hard. That that's one that um, listener John Davies has been working on for a long like time. Like to get, or he owns one. No, he owns one. Okay. He's been restoring it, and he's finished it. He posted pictures of it on Twitter, and it is beautiful. Well, see, I, I'm, dude, it's beautiful. Well, John's at SFGE generally every yes. year, so yes, it'd be interesting. To, I, I've never seen one in person. Neither, I've never played the game, have I, and I've I've heard they're just rare as anything, but. His is his is awesome. Vi- let's see, Violent Storm, Monster Maulers, never heard of either of those. Nope. Uh, Martial Champion, never heard of that. Mystic Warrior, nope. A game like G- G- Galapis, G A I A P O L I S. Galapolis, Galapolis. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Wild West, Cowboys of Moo Mesa, which I, I know I've heard of that. I've that's heard a, that's that. a four yeah. player game, yeah. kind of. I have heard of that in the li- uh, uh, go right and fight kind yeah. of a deal, kind of like a Simpsons type yeah. deal. Yeah. And there, there's a, another one. There's the O five four five four four, and that was the locker combo of the vice president of Konami at the time, and that's on X Men and X X X E X E X. Figure that one out. You know, X E X E X. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the the X Men is like the I've seen it two player. I guess I think there's a four player version of X Men, yeah, and then there's the it. big. Is it is it an eight player? The big ginormous thing with the. I know that there's one in um, uh, Logan Arcade. Yes, there I know was. they've Last got time one. We were there. Yeah. There's I know there's one at Rec Bar here in town. I'm trying to remember if it's six or eight eight players it's it's one of the two i know yeah. that but it, it is huge and so no, so nonetheless those games share this module okay and here, here's the deal if you've got one of those games and you start it starts to get muffled in sound or the sound starts to get skittish it pops what the deal is most of the time as i understand it is that module is actually got an asic and a few other things on it and uh to support all that, there's a bunch of passives, mainly, namely, the problem child here are the surface mount electrolytic capacitors. 
And what happens with them is not only do they fail, they fail in a spectacular manner in such a and in such a way as that they leak everywhere. Mm. Then to make things even worse, this little PCB, this they call it this little module on a bajillion little pins. It's a real tight pin pitch. It's all coated in a conformal coating, so it just looks like this black glob with a with Konami and and uh, a little bit of other information silk screened on it. Okay, <laughs> what a pain! It, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Well, they didn't expect this stuff to last yeah, this long. That's true. You now, know, yeah, and so you have to give credit there. So I get that. And what you can do with them. Well, I've told you what you hear, what the symptoms are. And then the one that I had that was in my game, my Lethal Enforcer's dedicated cabinet, when I actually opened it all the way up and got down and looked at the board, you could actually see the corrosion, like whitish, greenish kind of crud coming through that conformal coating and starting to kind of puddle or pull. It wasn't liquid, but you could see it leaching out on top of that the black, the flat black or the 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 satin black of that conformal coating. You're like, oh yeah, that's not right. Yeah. You know, it looks like it's frosted like a donut. It's not good. So here's what people do. And I, I've picked this up over time. I just had never done it. I've actually seen boards that it had has been done too, and this was my intention. So here's the lesson learned here. If you've got one of these games, if you're experiencing this, it's a pretty common thing, and you got a couple paths that you can take, all right? Path number one is you take that module, and you put paint stripper on it, and it eats that conformal coating right off. Mm. Then it exposes the caps, then you can take a soldering iron and then work your way through taking the caps off. What the values of the caps are, it's known. There's actually a, a little map, a little graphic out on Clove. It's not very difficult to find. And what people will do is they'll take a standard, what I call a standard, through-hole capacitor with leads. They'll cut the leads really short. They'll tin the the pads that the surface mount caps went on mm -hmm. and they'll go through and they'll tack standard through hole caps in all the positions and then they'll go they'll go on with life mm -hmm. okay yeah, yeah. so here, here's the road i went down that that was my first downfall i wasn't sure what the result of this paint stripper was going to be I thought it was going to be a little bit more difficult to get off than it actually was. If you so, if you go to do this, get don't get like a real thin, like paint thinner, water cons consistency of water thin paint stripper. Get some of get some of the gel type paint strippers. If you've ever used paint stripper, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's got some consistency to it, yeah. and you can yeah. set it on something, and it will sit there and do its do the deal. The first thing I did is I went to remove one of these modules, and they have an insane number of pins. It's like, I didn't count it, but I'm going to say it's 25 or 30 pins on each side, and they're really close together, like dot one pitch, and the pads are infinitesimally small. So you're not really going to be doing this with like solder braid or solder pult. You really need a nice desoldering station with, mm -hmm. with vacuum mm -hmm. and a real fine tip. Mm -hmm. And what I did is I went through and I 
they I couldn't get really a lot of flow of the solder just as it was. So I went through and re- just dab solder on all the pins, and then I was able to clean them out pretty well. So here, here's, here's why I went wrong in that process. The board that was in the game had corroded enough that the corrosion had walked down a couple pins and had fouled the solder. So I was having problems desoldering it. What I've done in the past is I have put a little tension on the chip, and I've just heated that joint and just just ever so slightly just let it walk itself out. Mm-hmm. Well, this module, if you will, isn't a, isn't a chip in a plastic package like if you were desoldering a, a, a Z80, okay? It's a really thin little bugger. And what I ended up actually doing is I put I put a small little flat blade screwdriver under one side. I use the neighboring component, just like I've done a billion times. Just to prep for leverage. A little, and just put a little yeah. pressure on it. It was just heating the joint, just kind of wick, and I snapped the board. Yeah. I mean, it is it is delicate. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, darn it. What I'm in it, air quotes, in it now. Mm-hmm. All right. I have another that I've had sitting around. I mentioned I had another lethal enforcers board, and I knew that it actually had sound problems. So sure enough, I look at it and I can see that crud coming through the conformal coating, but it wasn't near as bad as the first one. And I looked at it. None of the solder joints were bad. Okay, cool. So I resoldered it all, took my hack, went through, worked it all out and pretty much lifted that thing right out. Okay. I did have to walk the pins a little. Once I had desoldered it, I did take a screwdriver on the bottom side at the very little tip of the pin sticking through and gave them all a little tweak and maybe eight or 10 of them. I heard a little Mm -hmm. like where it just had a little hair of solder and I just knocked it loose and I lifted it right out. No problems. Okay. So I had it. Now I'm going to go put the paint stripper on it so I can get to the capacitors. That's when I found out that the conformal coating comes off really easily. Knowing that what I would have done I would have left that sucker in the board. Mm -hmm. I would have masked the board off. Since I'm using that gel type stripper, it doesn't get everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I would have just, I would have put the paint stripper on it right there on the board. Because everything you need, the ASIC and there's some other surface mount stuff that's on the bottom, but all the caps and everything are on the top. So I could have left it on the board, stripped it, and then this board is so light, it's maybe two-thirds the size of an average business card. Mm-hmm. And but it's, it's so small. It's small. Yeah. But it's so light that my thought was, okay, once I get it stripped, how can I hold this thing without damaging it, yet get an iron in there and not scoot it all be chasing it all over the bench? And you know, if I'd have thought through and carried out with my original plan, I'd have I'd have put, tacked it back in the board, and then the board itself, the whole lethal enforcers board, would have given me that weight, mm. so I could have worked on it. Mm. So that was my intention. I was going to go, I was going to use the module off this other board, or repair. I was going to repair a board one way or the other. It doesn't matter. They're both lethal enforcers. And do the little cap trick I talked about where I just, you know, basically I'm going to heat the, with a standard iron, I'm going to heat those service mount caps, pop them off, get a cap with leads on it of the correct value, cut the leads real short, tin the pads, tack them in there and go on with it. And just basically put them in place of the service mount caps. Yeah. 
So doing a little looking around, I come to find out that there is a gentleman who you can go to his site. It's jamaarcade.net, and we can put a link to this in the show notes. And uh, I'm probably going to pronounce your name wrong. I'm sorry. He's in he's in Europe, and I don't know exactly where because we only ch- exchange one email. His name's Fabrizio, and he has on his site a teardown of these boards, the oh. two that I mentioned, that shows you with all the conformal coating stripped off so you can see what they actually look like, and you can see the caps and uh, all that kind of – you just see what they look like naked, if you will. Well, Fabrizio actually made a replacement for this board. So oh, nice. totally new board, new caps, everything else. Now the deal is, is that you got to move the ASIC over because the ASIC is specific. I don't know if it's specific to the game. I think it's specific to the game. Okay. I don't know what's programmed in it and that's all surface mount. So if you, in the case like where I had broken that board to put that lethal enforcers back into service, I had to either find a new module or somebody like Fabrizio that's made a replacement and then my my broken board now becomes the don- donor board for the ASIC. Oh, I see. All okay. right. He put me in touch with a gentleman here stateside. So I, I'm not going to go ahead. We'll, there's going to be follow-up on the next show. I have n- zero reason to believe that I'm going to have any problem with this transaction. But just in case, I just want to see how it works out, and I want to give a, a thumbs up or, hey, look, it just didn't work out type of a deal. You know you know how we do stuff. It's not going to be – there's no way in the world it's going to be ugly. I can't imagine. Yeah. But I have not, no not – for, Not for what it is. No, no, yeah. no, no. I have no reason to believe that this is – there's that any of this is going to go sideways. But Fabrizio has a guy stateside, so I don't know what country you might be in. I would start with uh, – unless you're in the U.S., I'd start with – let me make sure I got that right. Or did I just close that tab? No. I would start with jamarcade.net and it's it's up there and all this information's up there and he's got a contact link and that's what I did. I just sent him a web form email. Hey, look, how do I get one of these boards? What do I do about moving the ASIC? I'm not set up for surface mount. So gentlemen, like I said, here stateside. He and I'll go ahead and throw the price out there. And this and it may be different if you've got a different board, but the price I was quoted was $55. And what kind of surprised him and confused our conversation was he would do the exchange. That's $55 plus shipping returned. And that is the new board. And he moves your ASIC. And he expects you to send him the whole board, not just the module. So you don't even have to remove the module Hmm. if you don't want He'll take care of all that for you. So what I'm going to end up doing is I looked at it and I said, by the time I sit here and I scroll around with, let's see, how many of those service mount caps is it on that particular board? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So by the time I take off these little service mount cap, caps and I try to squeeze in leaded versions and I hunch over my bench for the 45 minutes or an hour to get those just right in that little space, I'm sending this out. I'm farming this out. I, I, Brent is proud, but he's not that proud. If this gentleman can fix this for me and make my problem go away and save me the, the time squirreling around with it, and I've already lost time removing the module, doing yeah, this, yep, yep. stripping one of them with paint thinner. I, I'm not, there's no reason for me to put more time in it. Done. Problem solved. 
So if you've got one of these games, this is this is part of the the this is the life lesson here. One, know your limit. You know, I thought I knew mine and I heavy handed it and I thought I was in trouble until I realized that there's somebody like Fabrizio out here that has made a replacement. So that's that kind of saved my bacon. Awesome that it's turnkey and salvaged the board. Yeah. You know, and it's so turnkey because I didn't even have to take the freaking module out. Yeah. And and I and I, I would guess probably what they do since they know the pins are real delicate. The one that broke. The corrosion had actually eaten the junction of the pin to the board on one of the other pins. And as I actually lifted it out, the pin fell off. So my bet is, is what they probably do is they know they're going to replace the whole board. They probably take a pair of flush cutters and just snip that board right off and leave all the pins and then they can just heat it with the iron. The pins will fall out. Yeah. You know, you're not struggling with it. So, yeah, this is this is the how much is your time worth and know your limits conversation. Well, it's it's one of those things where there's a better mouse trap, so why not take advantage of it? A- that, that's the way, that's the way that I look at it. On top of what you just mentioned, so w- when this all is said and done, I'm going to have uh, a working two working lethal enforcers boards. One will go back in the game. And I, I know there won't be any problems with it. Mm-hmm. And then the other will go back in my stock because eventually one day I'd like to have a gun game down here because I've got a police trainer board. I've got Area 51. And I've, I've been, that's why I've been keeping that lethal enforcers around mm. is so that I could change out the – everybody likes a gun game. you got to have they a gun game. You're, your, you're right. And that's one thing yep. I don't have. Yeah, I, I don't have one either. So, yeah, I get it. So that's that's why I've kept that that thing around. But anyway, this was pretty cool information. I, I knew a little bit about, like, I knew some of the repairs. And again, I've seen a board. I've opened a game up. It was an X Men, and I saw caps through hole type caps on the modules. Like, oh, okay, somebody's already recapped this. I knew that this was a thing. I just didn't know that this whole replacement module was a thing. Lesson learned. If I face this again, I'm not. There's no messing with it i'm gonna send it off yeah it, it, it just, just makes it, too much sense it just rinse and repeat absolutely yeah so i also mentioned in the first segment and th- this gets back to the the know your limits and uh discussion like i've learned a little bit about my limits here and, and just a little bit more research before i dive headlong in uh, on, on the konami board is that papa shot board i mentioned this this kind of gets in like i said know your limits and practice, build your skill level up, okay? This is a little bit more of a straightforward example of uh, uh, some of the solder, desolder work that's really common in mm-hmm. this hobby. This was a through-hole board. There was no surface mount stuff on it. It was it was very typical of what I would pull out of, I'm just looking across the, this, like if I pulled the MPU out of my high speed, very typical of that kind of a, Uh, how large the traces are, how easy the board is to work on, how accessible everything is. The problem that happened here with this board is it had a Dallas chip on it. Dallas chip is just, it's a battery backed up RAM all in one package. Use it, you see it a lot for high score saves on, on later equipment or memory saves or whatever. And I've even seen some retro kits that put a Dallas chip into like an MCR2 game 
to replace the battery and store yeah. your my, yeah. my domino man has one in yeah. it for high scores and Ex- everything. exactly yeah. mm-hmm. it had gone bad and the buddy of mine had another buddy that offered to help him replace it and he, he just his skill level wasn't up to it and he ended up actually damaging the board mm. pretty badly so since it's a ram generally you're going to see that sitting on a, on a data bus and what I ended up having to do is I ended up having to take the EEPROM out of it and you could see where all the data lines were crossing under both chips as it was forming the data bus in and out of the processor and across the, the ROM, that, the EEPROM that it was reading and the RAM where it could store to and all that fun stuff. Like I said, it was really kind of damaged. This gets back to the lesson learned here. Tap the brakes. You know, if you're into something and you're you're starting to have problems, you lift a trace, you burn a pad off. Well, before you burn off a dozen pads, back up, talk to some people, try to readjust your technique, see if you can get some pointers. We can, you know, I, I'm not saying any, you know, don't do it. Just try not to cause yourself any more problems. Because if if there's anything that I've done here recently, the last several days, I've caused myself a few problems. <laughs> yeah, me too. And in that same vein, someone else that did the exact same thing and caused themselves some problems, I was able to fix that problem. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I, I had, when it was all said and done, I just sat down, had the television on, and I was... I had to pull an EEPROM, I had to run some jumpers, and I had to do a, a few kind of interesting fixes. I realized I had two, two and a half hours into fixing this one board, and it was all mechanical because it was all burn pads and ripped up traces and all that kind of fun stuff and lead and uh, pin leads still in the board that were clipped <laughs> off. All, and you're just carrying a bunch of water, dude. Exactly. That's what you're, doing. you're just hauling stuff around. I could have I could have desoldered that that original Dallas chip in minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, I just wish that the the last person who was trying to do a good deed to help somebody out, I wish he'd have just, like I said, tap the brakes. Yeah. Look, man, this is, I offered to help. This is a little beyond me. And, and that's that's the lesson learned here other than, hey, look, here's a cool thing out here on the Konami side. Yeah. Find you something that's not, go to a thrift store and get you in a, a VCR from 1984 that's going to have through-hole stuff in it or an alarm clock from 1977 and practice this stuff before you get into a situation where you damage something that you definitely have to have that you just can't go find every day. And then you're in deeper trying to get that repaired, mm-hmm. trying to pull yourself yeah. back out. I, I well, know a, a lot of folks. Lesson, lesson learned, lesson for me too. I mean, I, been there. I know a lot of folks that do repair work and they tell, they'll say, if you've damaged it, if you've air quotes repaired it, it's going to it's going to be double to fix that or i won't even or, or some of them will just i won't even touch it yeah you know if if i've got to go in and fix all this other stuff that's mechanical that's physical damage you know i, I won't even touch it so you know just just kind of a, a, you know a word a word to the wise there oh yeah so, for sure and, and i'll let everybody know what goes on with the 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 mo- the sound module I haven't even sent it out yet. Actually, I'm not going to have an opportunity to do it till tomorrow. And again, I've had great communication with the gentleman that's here in the U.S. I have no reason to believe that this isn't just going to go off peachy keen. And probably by the end of next week, 
I'm going to have both those boards up and running. I have no reason to believe that, but let's just, let's just let it all go through and then we'll kind of put a bow on it on in the next episode. No, no, it sounds good. Okay. All right, Whitney. So what, I don't know what this is, but it looks expensive. Well, no, actually it's not. It's not. So yes, it's shiny and I see touchscreens and I don't know what is this. Well, you know something, Brent, I I was looking through uh, Clove and admittedly, I've not been on Clove in quite some time. And whether it's just the you know, just the rigors of day to day schedule and and what's what sits in front of you, but or in front of me, but I, I just have not spent much time on Clove at night or weekends or what have you. But um, one thing that I've often wondered about, and this is actually just kind of satisfying a personal curiosity, is what do people use to track the scores in their game room? A Mead notebook. Well, now that. Uh, Brent, it's been since episode two. The Mead Notebook <laughs> needs to make a re- needs to make a reappearance, you know, a reappearance here, you know. But uh, but no, Mead Notebook, fine, fine and dandy, but not the flashiest of things. That's what oh, I yeah. got. Chalkboard, uh, yeah. dry erase board. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So, am I, hold on. Well, it's actually got a, a birthday. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's a black dry erase board. Yes, it is. Yeah. And okay. Um, that that was actually I've mentioned this on a show. I've had that. This will be this Christmas was a year. My niece and nephew made that for me, and they decorated the border with their own artwork. Each of them took two sides, and they used blacklight reactive paint. Yeah, nice. And then they they got me blacklight reactive markers. Yeah. So, oh, I'm sure that I'm sure that works pretty well, especially when the the room's all lit up. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I've I've often wanted to wanted to put together something that was that just had a, a little bit of. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, a little bit of wow factor to it, and just kind of looking through some of the threads on Clove, I, I stumbled across this. It's a product called iScored, and what it is, it's uh, twenty dollars for lifetime access to the application. And what it does is it renders essentially um, a web service as a, a as a skinned web page that is hosted off of their servers, and then you're running essentially a front end. Let's say a touch, you know. Let's say a touch screen, an iPad, Mac, PC, even something with a Raspberry Pi doesn't really much matter. I don't think it takes a tremendous amount of hardware to run this. But essentially, the application is uh, is literally just displaying uh, the data that's coming off of their uh, coming off of their their service, and then putting it in a format to where you can manipulate uh, the scores for the games, and then anything you change is then saved back to their uh, saved back to their server so, farm and so everything what I, like that. And just and I've not looked at the video, but I'm looking at a still, which uh-huh. I, I'm sure is from the video, and it looks like. Now, is this just pinball, or is this... No, it's pinball and arcade. Oh, okay, I see. Pinball and yeah, arcade. Pinball and arcade. So I see the pinball, a few pinball titles, like I recognize Metallica and Whirlwind, and there's a column. So that's like, like Metallica has three in it. Is that the three for your arcade, or is this like a larger No, 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 it's, it's the three for your arcade. It, it, everything's contained within your own account. Okay, okay. So, that's the re- so you set up the games that you have in your game room, and then you can track the scores in, in that columnar col- format, and, uh, and then keep track of multiple scores in the initials per, uh, per game. I mean, it, it looks pretty sweet. If you watch the video and see how see how it works, it's nice because you can you can skin the games and you can set up um, you can set up a bit of a 
uh, a theme for your particular scoreboard. Um, I guess my only drawback is I don't like that it has to be internet connected in order for it to work. But at the same point in time, I don't really know if that's that big of a drawback anymore. I, I mean, maybe two or three years ago, I would have kind of poo-pooed that because it's like, oh, well, it's, you know, why do I need something else connected to the internet? But then mm-hmm. ultimately, uh, the way that this works is pretty there's nice. Eight things on, there's eight things on you right now that are connected to the internet, I know. Whitney. I know, and that's the, and, and I guess that's the thing that that we all. I'm the luddite here. You're just moments away from going full bore bore from just derezzing. How about that? Yeah, and being sucked inside the screen. I don't know if you realize it or not, but I actually keep a sharpened pipe over here because if you go total Borg, I'm taking it's going right through your forehead. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, though, we've all got a lot of stuff, and we're all connected. I mean, you're sitting over there with two laptops and you know your phone and everything like that we've all got multiple devices and i guess you know and i guess this resistance to it is maybe i don't know maybe it's well founded but for something like a scoreboard i, I just i never really considered considered it being internet connected i, I guess for some for yeah, doing that type s- of job but when you watch the video it makes sense and I can understand that because if you if it's all in a browser, it's probably written in a HTML5 or something yeah, later. Yeah. And 1995 for lifetime access to the only thing that gets me about that is is what happens if this company folds exactly and, and the server service goes away exactly. So you know, so your money and your product have both disappeared because at that I, point. I'm thinking about like databasing all this and this that and the other thing. But at the end of the day you're not databasing like all the license plates in the state of California. No, the, the you could We're talking if, about five high scores for, you know, however games. many games, yeah, you know, exactly. even if, even if you, X, owned, y, even if you were, um, uh, what's Tim's last name that has, uh, the pinball place in Vegas, is it Tim Arnold? Yeah, it is. So even if, even if you're tracking every yeah. game Pin, pinball hall of fame. in the pinball hall of fame, yeah. you could do that with free, shareware type database software that anybody can cook into their application and run it on a local machine. Yeah. You know, exactly. So, so I guess it, I guess this is one of those things that I find high interest in this. I just don't know when I'll have the time to look at it. I'm Mm -hmm. just curious if other folks have potentially gone down this road with it and have seen it or used it or anything like that. But there, there's a thread on claw for it that it seems to, it seems to get generally very good reviews and quite a few people, People are, you know, building skins for it and everything like that. But you know, but hey, it's it's something neat. It adds a bit of flair to the game room, and and I I think that that that's the type of product that kind of gives the room a bit of its personality, uh, especially if you had like an I, I don't know like an older monitor sitting around that you weren't going to do anything with. And what's neat though is you don't have to have touch screen. You can use this as display only, and then you could run it on a tablet or on your phone, and then do the updates. Oh, so okay. so you, it's not like you would have to have a touch screen in order to make this work. I, I think it's I think it's neat that that it supports that from a scrolling perspective. That definitely gives it, it gives it that 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 upper kind of echelon type of feel to it. But I I don't I don't think that it's a hundred percent required in yeah, order I, for the product I, to work. I took a look at the video and it's like he's flicking left and left right. and right and yes. everything's in that call and it, the skins look really cool. Like yeah, even they, just in the do. still. I can tell it's whirlwind, and then the whole column is that sky blue with clouds. And yeah, yeah. The Metallica has the Metallica logo, and it looks like some of the art in the lower part of the column. So they're all 
they all match. It's just not like gray. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, you can tell that the games take on the, the color, like the hues and the colors are, are from, are taken from the game that they're tracking the score on and everything like that. So it, it's neat stuff. We'll, we'll have a link to the video in the show notes and it's called I scored. So that's a uh, lowercase I then scored all, all one word. So it kind of, kind of neat stuff. This next one, Brent, um, I'm just going to wait for you to gift this to me. So this is uh, probably the best 99 bucks that I have not spent as of yet. Okay, but this is a um, this is a mounting a joystick mounting plate for either uh, the Atari Food Fight or Red Baron gimbal joystick. And this is a un, un, undeniably this is a reproduction part. But the big thing about this is that uh, this replaces what would normally be plastic on these games, and thirty year old plastic at that, and a very expensive piece of plastic yep. were you to try to find this new old stock. So if you've okay. ever seen one of these, the there's a plate that's uh, ostensibly flat. Yeah. And that would go largely on the, flat. Yeah, yeah, on the underside of the control panel. Yep. And the the thing that really kind of dings you is off two sides. There's a really kind of narrow little tower. If you set this thing upside down on the table, uh, that kind of juts out, and that is where the the pots mount. Uh-huh. The for pots mount the for gimbal. the for the gimbal, so they can read the gimbal position. And you, you take that and you you add thirty thirty five years, and that plastic gets brittle, brittle, and yeah. discolored. And and I've seen the new old stock stuff come up for sale on Clov and on eBay, and just this piece alone goes for more than what this piece than what's being charged for this piece. Easy, if, yeah. not, if not almost by a factor of two. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a food fight joystick is a food fight joystick is big money. Oh so, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so with that all being said, yeah, this is a ninety nine dollars ship straight to your door. Um, this gentleman sells on eBay, but I've seen him post on Clove. I but I, I didn't look the Clove thread up immediately. But nonetheless, we'll have a link to the to the eBay listing. But yeah, if you're a big food fight guy and it's one of my one of my keeper games, I, I absolutely love the game. I was I was just really, really uh, almost overjoyed to see this product become available because it's like, man, that it, it that that just takes a lot of the the stress points out of that uh, out of that whole joystick assembly. So it's so it's really neat. At this point, I know that the weak point is something the, link, the linkages the linkages yes. from the shafts that run through that actually move the pots uh-huh. that's exactly right i'm sure i know they've been made they, they've been reproduced in, several times in metal over. as well uh-huh. yeah 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 and i've uh, i mean i've picked those up um I've actually got a couple sets just sitting in reserve. I've picked them up as I found them because you tend to see those reproduced every so many years. Yeah, I thought there had been a few runs. And then they just disappear for two years, three years, gone. You can't you can't get them. And then they'll pop up and be reproduced again, and they completely disappear again. So I I, I bought a couple of sets the last maybe time before last they were they were produced and you know just kind of put it in the parts bin. So but yeah, you, yeah, I I feel like you get this plate and you get those linkages, and you've probably you're probably eighty percent of the way there. I think the only other thing that's really outstanding right now would be uh, reproducing the actual plastic gimbals themselves. But that that's 
I, that's not something that I've seen uh, done on, on a widespread basis at all. So we'll see. But slowly but surely, the Food Fight joystick is being completely uh, completely reproduced, which is actually actually pretty neat. The next one, Brent, is a um, this is a thread on Clovitz, and I, I thought this was kind of cool. I've never seen these reproduced at all. Uh, this is the the uh, Williams lower coin door uh, reproduction on that, and that's uh, of course. Um, if you've got a Williams cabinet, you know, Moon Patrol, Robotron bubbles, whatever it may be, they've actually got two coin doors on them, an upper and a lower. And well, the, this is for the smaller lower door. So the lower is actually where the cash box would go. Bingo. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because they've got to, inside a Williams cabinet, they actually have these tubes that the coins fall through. It's kind of, it, it's it's an interesting setup, but um, not one that I've seen on any other those, manufacturer. Those things games. are kind of. Those things are kind of like back doors. It's like, where do they go? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Tato, Tito, uh, Tito, yeah, whichever yeah. one. Yeah, they had Tato, Tito, just well, yeah, yeah, whichever call it that. They had a, uh, a similar setup in some of their lines of games. Is, is your zookeeper like that, where it has a lower cash box door and uh-huh. an upper coin door? I know those things are kind of hard to come by as well. They disappear. Yes. yes do the yes, Williams yes. ones? Do they actually come all the way off? Because I think the t- yeah, they, I mean they've got bolts in the front. No, no, no. I, I meant like you open it and you can unclip it and you're holding it in your hand. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, I, I'm not sure because I mean I know they they have bolts in the face and everything like that, but that's it. Oh, and and on my zookeeper, no, I, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the 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 upper the upright like Tato Nichibutsu cabinets mm-hmm. I think they have the two doors on they it do. Like, yeah because I've got one my zookeeper do. does not have two doors on it now, it only I've, has one door and then the cash box sits in inside of that I've got an older Tato cabinet it's a I think it was a frog and flies something like that it's crazy climber was in that cabinet and as well it's it's a Tatotronics on the side yeah, of it Tatronics with, yeah. with, with the badge uh, uh-huh. and it's got an upper and lower door yeah, yeah so those would but the um, the 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 Tato cabinets for like Zookeeper, um, they definitely do not. Now the only thing is, I don't know if the what would be considered like the generic Tato cabinets if they do, but I I don't think they do. I'd have to look I, at those. I I've got my I've got a uh, kicks out there, and I'm yeah. pretty sure it. I don't think doesn't. it I, I don't think it does. And then you, I'm talking like the generic cabinets like you saw Alpine Ski in and and you mentioned kicks and things mm-hmm. like that. Those I guess the the Tato conversion, Tito conversions, but uh nonetheless I don't think they had a lower coin door on those either. So but anyway. But and those are different between Williams and it, I was just going down that where do those things go? Like back doors. It's just like they just magically disappear. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm not really sure, but Hey, if, if you've got a need for it, then there's an interest thread on Clov. They're, they've got enough to hit the minimum, so they're still kind of expensive. They're going to be running $80 to $85 per door, so that's a, <laughs> it's kind of a pricey door for what for, for as small as it is, but I, I get it. You know, it's reproduction, and, and that it takes tooling and expense to make that yep. happen. Um, we've mentioned this on a prior show Brent I'd, I'd have to go back and look it up I, I didn't do it so shame on me but this is the BitKit FPGA board it's made by uh, Aaron at Crafty Max so uh, the same gentleman who makes the awesome test pattern generator and what this is is this is a um, th- this is 
this is a FPGA um, board for all of the Rockola. Well, I'm not going to say all of, but a number of Rockola games. And we're talking Nibbler, Fantasy, Pioneer Balloon, uh, Vanguard, Vanguard uh, Zarzon, Eyes, Mr. TNT, and Egor are the ones that are supported currently. Uh, I, I don't know on, what you think, but me and you, we're going to have an Egor championship tournament and i'm <laughs> have you played that game i'm gonna i have no idea okay fair, fair, fair. then just then just <laughs> keep talking just keep talking i'm gonna it. whip you at it no matter uh, what fair enough yeah just just keep yeah just keep keep talking just flap the gums and roll on but um yeah it, that one i hadn't heard of all the others i have yeah and i mean i definitely heard of nibbler uh fantasy and pioneer balloon of course you know vanguard is is what it is mr tnt i had not heard of that Egor, i I want to say that maybe that was done as one of the No Quarter podcasts. I, it, for whatever reason, it seems I'm so to, behind on that show. It, uh, dude, it's done. Oh, is it? Yes. That show is no more. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, they stopped that show uh, a bit a bit back. Oh, I'm way behind. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. I like that. I know they did Zarzon. I remember them doing specifically Zarzon, but... I thought they did Agor as well, but uh, yeah, Nibbler and Eyes are the two that I that I definitely and Pioneer Balloon are, are I guess the three that I definitely am familiar with. But this is awesome because this is a, a single board solution for this uh, for playing these games in a JAMA cabinet. So it's got a JAMA Edge connector on it. And th- what's interesting about this, and I, I think this is definitely unique, is it has a application that you can either run on a PC or a Mac for maintaining the games on the board and for flashing new firmware, uh, adding games to it whenever new games are added, so on down the line. So That's cool. Yeah, it is. It's really neat. This runs $220 plus $5 shipping uh, here in the U.S. And, you know, Brent, I would, I would really like to um, really like to put this in a, you know, in an upright JAMA uh, cabinet and uh, maybe I don't sell that Mr. Do that I've got and just throw this in and then I've got all these Rockola games. That I'm, would be yeah, cool. I'm thinking a little Nibbler action, a little Eyes action. Nibbler and Eyes would be would be awesome. Uh, Vanguard. I mean, I've had. I just recently let go of my Vanguard, but if I if I could double dip or triple, yeah, quad, it'd, it'd be oh, worth yeah. it'd be worth. I mean, having. I don't know what the other control mechanisms are. I, Nibbler is it's just joystick, right? I don't it think is, there's like yeah. a speed up button or anything. Yeah. So you need four buttons for Vanguard in that that diamond pattern, and I don't know if those could be co opted for the other games. So that's all you needed, but. Yeah, that's that's pretty. I don't watch Egor be the best of all of the the, I know, the diamond. Yeah, in the rough. And, and then here here you and I have a knockdown, throwdown. You know, just drag them out uh, tournament on Egor. You know, it's like you know bloody stump, last man standing. <laughs> you know, it, it looks like it, it's, it's a like, maze it, game it, of some yeah, type. I mean, it looks fun. It looks I don't, to me, it looks. Kind of like Pac-Man, kind of like Ladybug, yep, kind yep. of like Mousetrap, yep. and they call it Egor is yep. what it looks like to me. So, so yeah, we'll just park that there. But yeah, I, I definitely want to give a shout out to Aaron and Crafty Meg because, I mean, his products are just they're they're top notch, first rate, and uh, this is something I could definitely see picking up. There's no no doubt about it. 
Um, and this last one, Brent, is something that I posted to the Facebook page, and I thought this was this was really this is cool. really cool. Yeah, it's it's a knocker kit for the Stern Spike and Spike Two systems, and this is a fifty dollars solution to a problem that has plagued me since my first Stern <laughs> game, and I, I lament the fact that it's not yet available for Sam. Okay, and what I'm talking about is that horrid, just. Um, fingernail scratching down a chalkboard uh, glass breaking squawk eardrum splitting squawk that is the fake knocker sound on on a on stern games mm-hmm. and it does nothing but just it, it just wears me slick out i cannot <laughs> stand it and so for, I, I've seen people play uh-huh. Stern games and the 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 faux knocker and it they they freak out. Oh, they it, don't know what it is. I, I'm going to tell you, it was so bad that when Grace was younger, it almost kept her from playing pinball ever again Jeez. because it was so loud and so it just that tone that it that every time. Every time that it happened, she would cover her ears and like step three steps back from the machine. Mm. And I'm like, I hate that. Absolutely yeah. hate that. So I've turned it off. I, at the time, I didn't didn't realize that it could be, you know, quote, turned off mm-hmm. or anything like that. But uh, I, I quickly made mincemeat of that whole scenario after seeing that happen to my little girl. And the fact is, it's, it's on out of the box and it's just yeah. nothing but obnoxious. So this so, kit is anyway. 50 bucks. It looks like it's a knocker assembly, the wiring harness that you need. It looks like a, a small little control board and mm-hmm. all the mounting hardware. And it's $50. Yeah. I mean, so y- I, I yes. assume that somewhere in all the spike games, you disable that audio knocker the audio knocker but there's yeah. still something else that'll fire somewhere and realizes that a knocker is connected correct yeah and and i've not looked into this i just saw it got ex- got excited and and posted it just to try to honestly dude i wanted to drum up some interest in it so that so that pinball life would do one for sam <laughs> so that it could solve a lot totally of self-serving i'm good with it, that. totally self-serving and uh at the end of the day though uh, this is a very very nice nice product and so um not bought one yet but i'm keeping it in my back pocket because if they do come out uh with one for sam then i'll do an order is what i'll do because i would be inclined to test one of these out in a sam and a spike machine yeah that would cover the csi and the ghostbusters i've got set in here Uh uh-huh Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, this would work in in our Ghostbusters, but of course, I mean, we're we're out of luck for Sam. So anyway, so there's that, Brent. Uh, let's see. If I were to go tally this up, you just need to go ahead. You just give me a blank check, and I'll take care of I'll take care of everything. There's a reason I need. I'm converting to all digital at this point, Whitney. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I told you I was a luddite earlier, and I've held on for a long time, still writing the occasional check and yeah. I've still got a couple that have to deal, I deal with monthly and those are on their way out. Yeah. So. Well, that, that's sorry, that, that's, Whitney. That's the way it goes. Too man. bad. So sad. Yeah. Well, you just, you just hand me a routing number. I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> okay? All I need is just the number. <laughs> I just need, I just need some numbers. That's it. So anyway, Brent, that's it. We spent some money this, uh, this month. I think it was all good stuff though. And because guess what, Brent, it's never bad. So <laughs> that's how it goes, man. So with this, Brent, why don't we get into some news and, uh, in some feedback for uh, for the show, and it looks to me like if I'm just paging through this, uh, dude, we're gonna talk Iron Maiden. Yep, well, let's talk a little Iron Maiden. Let's talk Iron Maiden.
All right, Brent. So I, I think the, the the overarching news that uh, that, that definitely transpired while while we were in between recordings was uh stern has released iron maiden and a long long awaited title for I, I know lots and lots of people and as of today the day that we're recording um stern also went ahead and dropped the pictures for the premium which was the third of the three models that we had not seen uh, any artwork for so now um, the the trilogy is complete, so to speak, and we, we know what all three of the machines look like. And um, man, I'll tell you, it's you've got some pretty machines there. I I, th- I think Stern went all out, and they did not disappoint on this theme at all. So we're looking at a lineup of the three pictures, Whitney and I. So we got like a two thirds view. So we're looking at the front where the coin door area is, and or half view, whatever you want to call it. And the right side of the game. Yeah, kind, I'm pretty kind of a sure front, a front quarter view. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the art mirrors left to right. So the the pro is the trooper. Uh huh. The premium is kind of the pharaoh motif, kind yeah. of like mu- actual mummy Eddie. Yeah, mummy Eddie, pharaoh Eddie. And then yeah. the LE is like airplane pilot Eddie. And I can't. It, it, I, I'm ashamed. I can't for the life of me think of the song. That that tip that tip Eddie typically ties to, but it's him as as like a as like a uh, like a a pilot, yeah. And he's got like pilot. the leather helmet on, and yeah. of course he's kind of skeletonized like he is in the Trooper. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're they're definitely very very beautiful machines. There's no doubt about it. I. I think I was waiting on waiting on seeing the premium to pass any judgment on on what would be you know if, if Whitney were spending Brent's money what what machine would show up at the door. For me though, it, it's definitely the premium. I in looking at the the artwork for all three of them, I, I definitely like the premium the best. I mean, Brent, you mentioned that that Pharaoh motif and. It's uh, it, the artwork is just bright. It's 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 unlike any that I've got in my game room. I think it would stand out, and it matches the play field really, really well. Yes, yeah. That's that's the thing. The the pro in the LEs, they're all Iron Maiden, but the premium is the only one that carries the play field motif onto the artwork of the cabinet. Because there's a lot in the play field that is of that pharaoh kind of yes. ancient egypt the That's whole exactly the right. whole backboard at the yeah. back of the play field yep it it has that feel to it it does yeah it just looks like it fits and it, I, it, it really does yeah I, I, and i tell you this is might be a personal thing i'm not liking the speaker grills on the le Mm-mm. no no they're they're too they're too um they're too translucent, so to speak. I mean, they they look a little too mechanical to me because you can you can see the speakers. I, I like the dark out effect that the Pro and the Premiums have. I do. Yeah. And whereas the LE, it's kind of like a like a gunmetal gray, kind of silvery, yeah. and at least in these pictures, which I don't know if these are, I don't know if this is much of a rendering or is a, an actual picture of a real machine on a and it's been cropped to a white background. But they the you can see the speakers and then. The speakers are ringed in red, which flows in with all the powder coating because the the LE's got red legs on it. It's got yeah, red, red lockdown bar, red lollipop rails, red uh, T molding on the head, and red hinges. Yeah, yep. So, so yeah, so the LE is definitely definitely the all out machine. I mean, you can tell just by the way it looks yep. and, and the powder coating levels, and and it looks like in this picture it might have a 
uh, the shooter rod might be different because if you look on the premium, it is. Yeah, it's just a standard kind of flat shooter rod this looks like it's maybe one something from the stern option shop yeah it, it looks themed is yeah. what it does so it's eddie's eye it, it could, it, eddie's <laughs> eddie's tooth or something like that yeah in in the ellie's uh, definitely has um it definitely has uh you know inner art so it has art blades already installed and everything like that so I, I, oh it I does mean, yep. yeah it does and so i'm sure that I'm sure that that this this LE, I mean, it looks like you're getting a lot for for your LE money in the sense of comparing it to previous LEs, and I say that simply because you've got a lot of mods that you would normally do to uh, these machines, kind of already done. Mm-hmm. But uh, all that being said, I am I am really happy with what I see with the premium, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's a beautiful machine. So yeah, I mean, if I was to judge the artwork it, as it fits the theme, as it fits the execution, of the play field, I, I mean, I would definitely go premium, then pro, then LE. I I, I don't know. I mean, it's it. I, I don't know. It, I kind of th- like, that's all personal preference. Of yeah, course. just I understand like the, that the uh, the trooper Eddie a little bit more honestly the pro artwork, but. For the tie-in with the play field. Just That's from, where I'm going. It's the tie-in with from the play field. W- from what I could see, and just in these pictures, the the premium kind of wraps it all together. And, and it, yeah, it executes the it executes the theme 100 percent from inside to outside. The, the back glass, the translate art looks a little less busy on the premium too because it's. If you look at the pro, you've got like future Eddie with the ray gun and you've got the devil from uh, uh, number of the beast and you've got a couple different Eddies kind of iterating through uh, a cross from upper left to lower right in the art, uh, excuse me, in the translite, whereas the premium at least from what I could see here, you've got Pharaoh Eddie and he's front and center and then below him in big, bold letters, it says iron maiden, uh, kind of out of the way of the rest of everything, you know, kind of like, Hey, right here, here's who I am. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and it's almost like they kind of de-emphasize the iron maiden on that one particular Translite, yep. which, which I, I mean, I'm all good for now, that. You've got that on the LE, though. They even go an, a, a step further on the LE. Oh yeah, but they kind of. And again, it's hard to see here, but I see Trooper Eddie. It looks like some kind of nuclear explosion in the background. It just looks like there's a lot going on. Yeah, like yeah. a bunch of stuff overlaid on other stuff. Yeah, and and I'm sure that especially the LE, if if not all of them, but but especially the LE. I know they're paying homage to the video game, the Legacy of the Beast video game, and that because there was a the, video game. Yes. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yep. Yep. Legacy. Yeah. The Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast video game, and that's from what I understand, Brent. That's what this is all. This is all themed after. So. Oh, I had. I'm gonna yeah. have to go look that up. I yeah. had no idea there was such a thing. Yep. Sure enough. And so, yeah, go go check that out and, and look it up. And so. um so I'm sure that they're paying homage to the video game in this in the video game pays homage to the band. So, Mm -hmm. so the pinball pays homage to the band by paying, by being themed off the video game. So, so all that being said, 
uh, I'm sure the LE executes very, very well. It, it just, I'm with you. It just looks, it just looks a bit busy and, um, it doesn't, to me, it just doesn't match the execution on the play field. That's just, that's me. I'm OCD. I'm, I'm a perfectionist and I nitpick at a lot of stuff. And because of that, that's, that's the only reason why I say that. So I have played a pro quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, I was going to ask and you. And I know so, you've got a few games on a pro, right? I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. So n- nowhere near as many as you, but I mean, I'm under 10, but I'm sure you've, you've got oh, that I've bested. got way more than that. Yeah. yeah. And, and were you asking like my opinion on the game? Yeah, I was just curious. Is, is What do you think of the play field layout, the execution, um, you know, how the game plays? I like the shots. Um I mean, that seems like the generic thing that everyone says about, about it. I like the shots. It's got good shots. It shoots well. Uh, <laughs> well, of course you're going to say that because yeah. you don't want to say you made a bad purchase. I get that. It, it does shoot well. There are fun shots. You know, on a game, when you have a shot that when you hit it, I mean, okay, so I hit this versus that. But when I hit this, man, it feels, it just has that feel. To me, like I'm looking across here at the Ghostbusters and you've got the spinner that's in the orbit on the left side. To in your, when you hit that, because it's a kind of a narrow shot, yeah. And when you send that sucker sailing right through there, and that spinner just blurs, it spinning so fast. Yeah, it's like that, that's awesome. That is just like a solid, solid shot. Yeah. Well, it, I, I swear it's like an endorphin thing. Yes, is what yes. it is. Yes. There quite a few of the shots in Iron Maiden, at least to me, are that way. So you've got that big center ramp that gives you the ball a little jump that hits the uh, uh i think it's the pharaoh target and it's that's that if there's one thing i've got to nitpick about the game it's that i'm having even after played playing i don't know how many games on it i'm still a little confused as to what each of the targets are okay like hit the pharaoh targets okay well there's so much stuff flashing so much stuff blinking there's nothing that's there's not a lot that's Things are labeled, but not like I can walk over to the Ghostbusters and it'll say, here's the library shot. Yeah. Here's the librarian shot. Here's this shot. And they're labeled. Yeah. And I I don't get that sense on on Iron Maiden that's as helpful to somebody trying to learn the game. Well, I, I think you're right. And the reason I say that is because if you go on Stern's website, they actually have what they call a backstage pass. For this game. Have okay. you seen, have you I have seen not. this? I have not. Okay. And what is this? The backstage pass is, I believe, a nine-page PDF that you can print out that's themed in the sense of a concert pass that you would wear on a lanyard. You'd put on a lanyard. Okay. For it, and it looks like you know it's got the little hole punched in the top where the lanyard clasp would go, mm-hmm. and the backstage pass is your plat, you know your your piece of plastic that's like, laminated just like, and printed. Yeah, just on. like a pa- just like a, a a pass for like a show. Uh, yeah, just a pass expo. for a show yeah, or an yeah. expo or a trade show or whatever it may be. Only this is nine pages and, and it has all the rules for playing Iron Maiden. Nine it, pages, nine pages. Okay, and this it's either seven or nine. I believe it's nine. This is the first time that I've ever seen Stern do this. Okay. okay. Where they released a booklet that has all the objectives in the in the rules huh, for the okay. game. Okay. You can go get that. And on top of that, I highly encourage you to watch the two dead flip streams that Jack Danger did where Keith Elwin was on those streams 
And if you invest the two hours each in those streams of Pro and LE, Elwin walks you through the game. But that's that's just it. This is one of those games where I think you... There's have, a lot to there's it. There's a lot to you it, and at, it's way more complex than you would initially You think. look at that play field, and you can see the real cool shots. There's a couple... There's two real cool spinner shots. There's some uh, a, a full orbit. There's a mini orbit. There's an upper right flipper that'll get you into this real tight orbit that you can just nail, and there's reasons to do that as you get into the game. Uh, there's... when when you hit that center ramp and hit the target that's in the backboard, the ball comes around to the left into the sarcophagus, which is, could be a lock. There's a pin there. It can hold it. The ball will come out. There's a mini flipper to two smaller, kind of like almost like the chorus shot in, um, Tron in Tron. Yeah. But there's like two of them. You've, you, a little to the left, you get one, you hit a target, a little to the right, you get a, you get the other, and it does something else, leads you to another place in the game. So there's, there are some, all right, I've got to do this to do this to get that. And there are, it is a, it is a fun game, and you know it like, all right, cool. I, the, the gate is wide open to do yeah. the first half of this. Yeah. Load up the ball, get it ready for that, the mini flipper. All right, then it's a little tighter. You've got tighter tolerances. So to make that second shot, oh, do I want to make the upper lane or the lower lane? What do I need? And and to me, I like that because I don't have to hit three shots in sequence absolutely perfect Perfect, to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. If I'm having to stack those shots because the only way to get that shot is to get here – I can get the here pretty easy, pretty repeat. Okay, okay, I'm there, I'm there. Oh, crap, missed it. All right, well, let's do it again. Let's load it up, yeah. you know, and I can – so there's there's some risk, there's some reward, there's definitely some skill, but you're not just beat down yeah. by this series of rough, hard-to-make shots, which is good for an entry or intermediate player, yeah, yeah. you know. Where you have to set up all these combinations and stack yes. all this stuff in order to get this mode to yeah, – Right. I, I totally get it. I, I I feel like this would be a game with high return on investment from a player's perspective. Now, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. But with a, with a fairly complex rule set and just the overall layout of this play field and everything that it's got going on, I, I feel that it's a good game for the money just based on my, on, on my early observations. Well, I think the opposite side of what I said about not having a lot of labels is that you can do a lot of things in software now because you're not necessarily mm-hmm. pigeonholing this thing to being that whatever. Yeah, because okay. it's written on the play field. So the, <laughs> where, where I've played it, Rec Bar has one, a pro here in town, and there's a, a, a guy that comes in. He's pretty really good. Yeah. And he's played the game quite a bit and learned his way through a lot of what, the, what stuff in the game means. Yeah. So he was okay. showing me a few things. And one of the things that I'm having a hard time with is – and maybe I'm just dense and I'm missing this, but okay, you start a game, it'll start itself in a random mode. So there's right in the middle of the play field, there's Iron Maiden songs listed. Yeah. So say it starts, um, uh, I'm trying to, I, 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 as soon as I throw a song out there, it'll be one that's not in one of the modes. Yeah. Um, um, I've, Number of the Beast. It starts Number of the Beast. Okay. Cause, this is where I, where I'm going with this part of my confusion is another another my next point. So say it starts this mode number of the a rhyme of the ancient mariner. I know yeah. that one's in there. Rhyme of the ancient mariner starts that mode. So the sh- these shots are lit. Okay, 
So that would tell me, all right, this ramp and this ramp is lit, uh-huh. or this and this and this ramp is lit. So that would tell me I'm hitting those flashing inserts, those arrows. I'm hitting that ramp. I've got to do that to complete the mode. Yeah. Well, I hit it, and the, the insert doesn't go out. It doesn't change. It doesn't give me any oh, indication. That you've completed it. So does that mean i got to hit it again? Yeah. Does that mean... There's a something wrong. Does am I not doing this right? Yeah, or What's, did you not set it up properly? Yeah. Or did you not do something before that Correct. in order to turn it off? Correct. No, that's not being dense. That's just those are all the questions that I'd ask as well because, again, I'm very OCD and you you do you pick all that stuff apart. Right. Yeah. Right. So yep. I, I've done that where I've, I okay did did I did I not set something up? Yeah. Did, do I have to shoot it three times? Yeah. Well. Does the DMD tell? Well, I'm no, not the DMD. Does the LC? Well, I'm too busy watching the ball. I'm yeah, not going. Like, I don't know. I, oh, oh, I got to look up and look for a. You know, it's like I've got to look up and stop and read. Yeah, yeah, I don't need. I don't need to be doing that. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep the ball alive. Yeah. The other thing that I don't. I I, I I'm mixed on it, and I'm leaning toward don't like. Is is that when you start a ball, you choose a song, and it's not like Metallica or and, and maybe, I'm. There's no reason to be in this mold. I know where you're going with this. Uh, there's no reason to be in this mold of the song determines what your task is for that ball. And then like in ACDC, when you finish the task, you can make a shot, the jukebox, and re- and change modes, mm-hmm. change songs. Yeah, that's how you progress through the game. Right. Yeah. In Iron Maiden, you pick a song, and that's just background music. <laughs> You're rocking out, buddy. I know. That's it. I know, and that's the that's the thing that kind of that kind of worries me about it is if I'm thinking about it from a, uh, a potential purchase standpoint, is it's like I, with ACDC, the songs are so integral as part of the gameplay. Yep. That the songs are the game right. and the game is the song correct like when you get a tnt the tnt targets are lit oh yeah so you got to drop the tnt targets and then in in tnt the targets stay down uh-huh. and then you've got to hit the the fixed target behind it yep. to I, I think that's all you have to do to complete that song uh-huh to register it and then to move on and then to and move on that's right. exactly right so so you feel that there's a story behind the songs like with ACDC Correct. you're on tour you need you're you're playing these songs and you play the songs by progressing through the by progressing through the shots and the modes and you understand what the end run is with with Maiden Knowing that the that it, as of right now the songs are just background music, right. and they fe- they don't line up one to one with the modes. Uh-huh. That's where I was getting confused earlier because okay. like I know for a fact one of the background songs is "Flight of Icarus." Uh-huh. I couldn't remember if that was one of the modes. Oh, I see. So they're not equal. Okay, so so what this means is this warrants further investigation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, this is all uh, new and exciting it, stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's all new and exciting stuff, and so I. I hope, I and hope, but I don't know that the songs will be integrated in. Maybe they will, but well, who knows? The flip side of that is, is there's nothing to say that they have to be. But yeah, the, that's honestly, true. I, that's, that's true. The, Keith is doing new and exciting things. That's what I come to expect, though, based on Metallica and ACDC. ACDC. Yeah, exactly. Where and, they are integrated, and I, I, I haven't played. I'm, I've played maybe. Th- Two or three balls on Aerosmith across a couple of games. Yeah, so I, it's, I, it's same way for me. I haven't I played it enough to know. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't pass judgment on Aerosmith because, well, number one, it's just, it's just one of those scenarios where I've played it a few times and that 
the songs seemed to fit the animations and it seemed to fit what you were doing, but I, I just not haven't dug into it. So yeah. So I've played the pro and I've watched a very little bit of the video on the premium LE play field. And I think you've watched that all the way through. I have. Do, yeah. you, do you want to talk a little bit about, because I know there's a, a major difference in the physical locks and there's a, a heavier use of that left ramp for locking mm-hmm. as opposed to on the, on the pro you've got a virtual lock. So kind of almost straight up the middle. Exactly. There's a spinner. Uh-huh. All right. So behind that spinner is an up post. Yeah. And what, what'll happen is, is when you shoot the, depending on what mode you're in, I'm sure it's raised a little bit, but whatever, you'll shoot that main ramp, you'll get it up there in that upper orbit and it'll dribble down. It'll roll down the, the way the play field is set up. It's biased to roll to the left. And there's actually another up post on the right. That'll keep the ball from going that way. I'm sure it gets activated in software. The ball rolls down behind that spinner and then, okay, I'm starting this. I'm in, uh, uh, a ball lock yeah, and then yeah, yeah. the post it's a soft it's a it's a software lock the post will drop the ball will come out underneath the spinner and then you've got it back into play yeah in um the premium in the le's yeah and the le's to get a physical lock you actually have to shoot the left ramp and a gate opens a doesn't gate, it a gate and opens the that's exactly ball right ball goes behind the uh-huh. backboard yeah and comes out to where the captive ball assembly is on the pro uh-huh. and it actually sets in behind a captive ball and eventually it'll tilt up yeah. and let them spill out. Yeah. Right? So, it, so you get that feeling. It's, it's kind of like the Newton ball set up to some degree that you see on Ghostbusters and, and things like that with the way that the balls stack. So yeah. And then in the back of the middle of the play field, the ramp will come up and I, that's, I think that's a, that's a motorized. Oh, yeah, I forgot diff- about that. The main yeah, ramp rises. The, the, yeah. The, yeah. The, the ramp rises. And, and I guess where we're going with this is that there's, um, there's some pretty significant differences yes, yes. in this game between the pro and the premium slash LE. And if you want to look at all of them, Stern's got a feature matrix available on their website uh, under the section for this game. Look at it because they, I feel that they have made the up charge between a pro and a premium. I, it's, it's worth it uh, from what they've, from the way that they've differentiated the play field know, mechanics. Over time, people argue that the, the, the pro of a particular game is too stripped down versus what you get in the premium LE type play field. And then in my opinion, you get a game like Ghostbusters where the pro is a kick butt game. It's still a fun game. The Slimer mech works different. You don't have a subway where you've got physical locks, but uh, the, the, the ramp layouts are a little different to accommodate, you know, no wire no, form crossing no, the play no, field. No subway shot, but you, you know, don't stuff really, like that. You don't, honestly, man, I don't think you miss that on Ghostbusters. I, I think both uh, games are, are just as good. Yeah. Ghostbusters is, Ghostbusters is, is a little bit of flare and flash yeah. when, when you th- think about the pro to the premium. Now, I, I do think you get your money, not just because I'm sitting here looking at one. Yeah. I think you get your money in it in terms of the added uh, uh, toys. Yes. You know, you definitely get it there. You, you, you get it there. They're not just changing you know, some plastics over to some like 3D sculpts. Yeah. You, you're getting, I think you're getting your value out of it. But they didn't strip it back so far that the 
Pro isn't a fun game. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and I still play pros. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, and I've I've played both and and enjoy both. Um, one thing that I haven't done though is I've not played an LE Maiden. I've only played a pro. So, um, and, and I, that's where I was going with that. That pro that I've played, man, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's still fun, mm-hmm. man. When you hit, there's a couple of those. The, the spinner shot up the middle. There's a spinner on the left. This is a cool feature. There's a spinner on the left, and one of the features it has is, I'm assuming just one, you get enough spins on it, it activates revive. That oh. outlanes light revive. And will, they, will they kick the ball back? No, there's no kickback. It just reserves it. It just reserves so it. So okay. you, once you've activated revive, if you lose it out the outlane, and I want to say it's, I want to say that you have to once you activate them, you can you only lose them side at a time. Oh, that's awesome! So if you lose your right out lane, if you lose a ball out the right out lane, uh-huh. revive is still led on the left. Oh, for that, example. yeah, that's I want to awesome. say that's the case. So, so you get so you get that mulligan on both sides. Yeah, yeah. but that See, shot, it's a real close to the flipper shot. You have to get it right off the tip of the right flipper. Mm-hmm. Man, it's one of those when you hit it, the way the play field is is set up, that ball zips through it almost like an orbit, but it's right there in the lower left. Yeah. And that spinner just dang. Yeah, and that, it's the, like positive contact. Oh yeah, man, yeah. it is. It is a cool little shot. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this. I mean, if we if we look at if we look at the money that Stern is charging for this game, and I, I'm just going to quote this as MSRP. Okay. Mm-hmm. The pros are fifty nine ninety nine, and um, <laughs> the premium is a fifteen hundred dollar jump. Okay, seventy five ninety nine. Well, actually sixteen hundred dollar jump, jump seventy five ninety nine, and then from the seventy five ninety nine, you you're then jumping what is essentially another fourteen hundred dollars on top of that to get to eighty nine ninety nine for an LE. Now I, I'll say this: I know that some places do charge MSRP. A lot of places don't. But there again, some places do. I just say, you know, let the buyer beware, you know, shop around. But um, I, I don't know, Brent. I mean, you know, here we're looking at a $3,000 difference between a pro and an LE. Mm-hmm. That's half the price of the pro over again yep. for the LE if we're talking MSRP. Well, hey, look, I know where you're going, but it's they sell. Money. They sell like oh, hot. Man, they, they, sell. Sell, they sell them out. Gone. Gone. Buddy, gone. Yep. And and that's the way it is. So, I, you know, I guess some closing thoughts on this. I am super excited that this title came out, and I and and I'm telling you, I was never a big Maiden fan yeah, growing you up a, at all. You at had all. you ever even really listened to him until Alex no, come into the states? Nope. <laughs> and, and and you know something, I was thinking about that on the way over here because I, I, Dude, I knew that 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 would come up, and and I do want to say that. I mean, I did not listen to Maiden hardly any until alex came over last october i'm sorry last june and we rode down to sfge in atlanta together and that six and a half hour trip i bet we listened to maiden for half of it if not a little bit more i've got uh concert shirts from back in the day up there i got seven son of a seven son shirts and i think 
I've got three shirts. One of them is 84. Yeah. And a couple are 86. Yeah, it's awesome. See, when I was growing up. I actually up, wore one out the other day. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. See, when I was growing up, living on a farm, Maiden, because Maiden was never on a radio, yeah. there was never any, I never had any exposure to it. So, you know, I didn't know anything about Bruce Dickinson. I didn't know anything about the band. I didn't know anything about the albums or I didn't know anything about the mythology of Iron Maiden. This is all fairly Johnny come lately for me. But what I will say is what I now know of the band and, and everything, um, I mean, they're, they're a powerhouse. They are. <laughs> they're a powerhouse. If you've never listened to them, I, I told you, you this, Whitney, a lot of the songs, they really tell a story. Yes. Like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. It's the story of, um, uh, it, it, is it the poem? I'm going to, this is where I'm going to sound really off the, um, crud. I'm going to have to go back and read the, read the words. To, okay. To know I was going to say, because I'm not, I'm not the best person. Well, to the, ask flight because, of Vic, the flight of Icarus is a perfect example. It's, oh, yeah. it's the story of the flight of Icarus, the flight of Icarus, yeah. but it's like heavy metal. Yes. You know? Yeah. And it's in, from what I, from everything that I've heard, I mean, it feels like it's told in a very operatic kind of way, only too heavy metal, but it's heavy metal that's not ob- obnoxious. It's heavy metal that, that that definitely is melodic and and is uh, to me is it's fairly pleasing to the ear. So I I mean I actually enjoyed it. But yeah, Alex gave me gave me a really really good intro to it, and uh, it, I mean it's one of those things that. You know, I think this is a unique enough theme that it would do well in a game room, and regardless if you were a fan or not. To me, there's enough here that would, uh, whether it be the play field, the complexity of the rule set, and the music as the backdrop, and just the sheer uniqueness of the theme, that it would be a standout game in a game room, no doubt. So, uh, the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Uh, narrative ballad with a message. Da, 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 da. So anyway, yeah, it tells the story of the song is this is this the musical retelling of the story of the ancient of the ancient mariner and it you know talks about the albatross around his neck and yeah, the imagery okay. that it relates to and it not all Iron Maiden songs are like that but they are a little deeper than Warren's cherry pie okay. <laughs> Uh, you had to bring Warren smoking up. in the you, you boys' know, room. They're I, a little deeper than that. You or, know, you need to edit Warren out because we've mentioned them twice now, and they didn't deserve any of <laughs> well, them. Well, how about okay? how about Brittany Fox Girls School? Oh, jeez, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. If you don't catch that in post, I will. How about that? <laughs> no, no, no. That's got to stay. Yeah, but uh, anyway, dude. So that's Iron Maiden. I mean, I, I yeah. I, I'm just, I, I'm tickled. I'm just tickled that it's that it's finally here. I know a lot of people are really happy about it. So I guess we'll we'll see we'll see how it turns itself out, man. I'm sure Stern will be printing money with those games. So let's hit. Let's go ahead and hit the next thing that you've got listed here, Whitney. And this is something that uh, I, I had heard about some time ago. Uh, I hadn't honestly hadn't followed it very deeply. I, I knew this has to do with highway pinball being yeah, liquidated. Yeah. And th- this goes back to several months ago, Andrew highway actually ended up leaving the company and I- I'm not going to pretend to know the specifics yeah, of it, that. I, I'm not either. What, what I'm going to do is just say, we're going to have links in the show notes to uh, a couple of articles on pinball news where it's covered ad nauseum. Okay. I happen to have uh, back there in my shop, 
a uh, highway pinball coffee mug still wrapped in bubble wrap. So if anyone is interested in that, <laughs> uh, bids can be placed at Brent at BrokenToken.com because it's now a part of pinball history. Is it, well, you know, something that it is. Did you get that at Pinball Expo? I did. Did yeah. you? Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I never. That was back in, you've got the note here. It's back in October of 2004. Yeah. Yeah. So 2014. Yeah. 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 2014. Gosh, not that old. Yeah. So that that is um, that is episode 16 and 17 of the podcast. Go back and listen to those if you want to hear uh, what was actually a very good floor interview yeah, with, with Andrew, Andrew Highway. That's when the, the motorcycle themed one was full, out. Full throttle. Full throttle. Yes. Yes, yes it was. So, you, um, you know, the alien pinball, uh, you made a note here in the show notes that it was never truly finished. And, you, you know, if anybody that listens happens to have been left, air quotes, holding the bag. And, you know, I'm thinking back to even, geez, at this point, several months ago when things started to kind of turn for Highway. I know Tommy Skinner over at Pinball Podcast, he had an alien. I think he had one of the first aliens yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, and, and they shipped, some shipped. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to say that they're incomplete games or people, you know, well, nobody got their game, but. There was some toy, something to do with maybe the alien head that was actually disabled and they oh. were waiting on a hardware fix for it and there was, this was supposed to happen and that was supposed to happen. I'm trying to think back to the show because this was several months ago and, and Tommy never, I mean, he, he didn't hold on to it very long. He, mm. he got rid of it mm. because I think he saw the writing on the wall. Writing on there, the wall. There might never be a fix for this and it just <laughs> yeah. might be going away. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I've essentially got my dream theme. That's an incomplete game yeah. is, is what I've got. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I know from just reading the, the pinball news articles, which I have, I, I've read both of the ones that we have linked. I've, I've read them in their entirety. And um, they they made they made for good turkey sandwich fodder. How about that? So that that's what those articles. Now I want a turkey sandwich. Exactly. And um, if, if I had a, good a capuchin education. monkey, I bet he'd bring me a turkey sandwich. I bet he would. <laughs> you wouldn't want to eat it. But yeah, I, good br- point. I bet he'd bring it to With you. So. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But um, the articles are good. Short education, but a thorough education on the subject. And uh, Pinside, of course, just butchers and just skewers Andrew and Highway and the whole situation. And I'm not going to say it's not all deserved, okay? I'm not. But it, it is a shame because I think the guy had something unique. I think he had a good approach. Mm-hmm. I think he had a novel concept to create these swappable games. And he was trying to create essentially a platform that happened to be pinball. Um, I, it, it is a shame that it just was never fully The concept realized. he had with maintenance in terms of things being modular, yeah. like his whole flipper assemblies. And, you know, you could rebuild, as I t- remember correctly, the, the flipper assembly, but you could also have a module and just change the whole thing on location and then take your assembly back to the shop and do your rebuilds Bingo. and all that. So you're done. in and out done. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, his his goal was a game should hardly ever be down because it's modular enough to be swapped out. And then number two, if you want to change a game to another, to another theme, it was kitted. Yeah. And uh, slots in the cabinet sides and everything for the art. Just a very novel approach to pinball. And it is a shame that it just never it, it just never truly uh, came to pass. So uh, there is that. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I did. I, I kind of lamented reading through all that because it's just like, man, he was such a cool guy. And we had him on the show and he stopped and did an interview. I mean, Brent, if I'm not mistaken, he spent 30 to 45 minutes with us. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. When yeah. we were at Pinball Expo. And I, I, I just always appreciated him for that. So, 
All right, Whitney, I'm going to have to let you handle this because I don't understand what this Twitter thing is. Yeah, knowing, <laughs> knowing that, I, I tend to ramp up the Twitter every month. So it, it's, it's funny. Twitter. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so getting into some feedback here, uh, we've got uh, got plenty of Twitter here. This was pretty funny. It's This is from Retro Amigo. He said, uh, Brent and Whitney, I need to confess something so I can absolve myself of my burdensome podcast guilt. I'm four episodes behind. Can you believe it? I can't. Can you find it in your that's pinball? Like a, that's like 40 hours. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's, yeah, he's logging a, a work week uh, in, in at least eight to ten commutes uh can you find it in your pinball hearts to forgive a lapsed broken token brother <laughs> and uh and i i responded to him and we we had a pretty uh, pretty good back and forth but yeah did you was, suggest he plays funny. like uh, is it casey rolford that listens to us at like one and a half speed so we sound like not just hillbillies but we sound like squirrel hillbillies like Ch- chipmunk Ch- chipmunk hillbillies yes. exactly exactly so there is a show title chipmunk hillbillies All right. I, I was actually going with the monkey with with the whole monkey uh theme for the for the show okay, title. but that, yeah log them down so so that we get them i was trying to think what can i translate into a graphic easily <laughs> enough and the monkey's been mentioned enough times i i was i was already working through my head how i was gonna i was gonna cook that up but yeah log them all down we'll, we'll pick something out this next one is from david corrigan listen listener david corrigan friend of the I've show heard of him yeah he goes whitney we need you back buddy i fired up the latest episode and got an hour of brent oh <laughs> this won't last me a month and it's, it's just hashtag give the people what they want <laughs> It, it was it was funny. I, I got a good chuckle of that. And speaking of Casey, he said, "Broken token without Whitney, that's just broken." <laughs> <laughs> so f- funny stuff, funny stuff. Oh, I had to read your response. Thanks, man. It's good to be missed. I thought you actually put after this. I may be back, but you put. I'm back for May. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. Yeah, it's kind of hard to read in retrospect, but it, it got the point across. So what's uh, I'm taking a look at what you got here. I keep seeing Sean O'Shea's head, my head and Chewbacca. And that's what's drawing my attention from what is actually the meat uh, of this. So this is in response to episode 66. Talk Wookiee to me, which is from Louisville Arcade Expo. Yeah. And it's from game the system oh game the system.co yeah okay. game the system.co <laughs> great podcast as always guys special one lit is one of my favorite documentaries mm-hmm. sure it makes you i need to check i am just like failing all well me. no it's twitter dude it, it's because there's no room for punctuation there's only room for words and that's just that everything gets mashed together it's just the way it is well that and i can barely read well so, there is that too uh, there's yes. a there's a whole contact <laughs> like vision story that yeah. I need to relate to you. That, oh, okay. yeah. I'm just going to, okay. yeah. Push, push it back three, push it back about six inches and go again. How about on, that? Great podcast as always, guys. Uh, uh, print, print, Brent is an idiot. Close print. <laughs> Special one lit is one of my favorite documentaries. Sure. It makes you feel a little weird, wary, but you know, some people are eccentric and the gaming hobby is full of people like that. Uh, us included. Yeah, Accept definitely. and embrace it. Yep. That's what you got to do. Accept it embrace it man i think that's one of the things that makes the hobby is uh <laughs> as unique as it is <laughs> uh, listener john t and he threw in some many mentions and hashtags here i it, i gotta work my way through this but he says listening to the total nuclear annihilation soundtrack 
by the real Scott Denisi on my way back to the Arcade Club UK. Awesome tunes. Cheers, Broken Token, and 10 Pence Arcade for the heads up, flipping fantastic bumping beats. And, uh, and then he's got a, a screen cap picture of the, of the TNA soundtrack. So, uh, man, dude, I, I've listened to that soundtrack a lot by now. I mean, a lot. And it's, it, it's good music. Well, I listen to it uh, when I get to edit the show. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, at that point, it maybe I don't listen to a lot t- of music. Yeah. I'm getting old and codgy. Yeah. I don't listen to a lot of music. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I'm forcing myself to continue to listen to music. So well, I, I find that if I don't, I, I get like what you're talking I, about. I am getting. Uh, I say that, and I'll hedge it with. Recently, I do try to put on some in the house. Just to kind of break out of that constant drone of, of silence, of not only silence, but whatever is just pouring out of the television. Yeah. You know, I, just I something that. different, yep. you yep. know? And even when I mentioned I come down here and I'll play some games, I'll, I'll start streaming something off YouTube or something. I'll find yeah. a, I'll find a Brittany Fox and Warrant oh. in a mix. Oh, <laughs> Find an 80s hairband mix and I'll yeah. play that for a little bit. It, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You know what that sound is? You cry? That's, that's the meat axe that I just passed when you're talking about Warren and Brittany Fox. Yes. Uh, oh, I have to educate you yet. <laughs> so it looks like here's a is, is this tweet? This is I, I guess this is how this works. I'm, to, I'm yeah, totally it's, it's, yeah. It's, so this is from this flipping podcast. Yeah. Suggest some names for the team team pinball league championship trophy. So it sounds like they're going to have a. a um, uh, that might be Tommy because I think Tommy does well. Both of them, both Tommy and Taylor, do a, a lot of leagues and tournaments and, and yeah, the no, like in their hometown. That's cool. So yeah, that's awesome. Not sure which one of them is the root of that. So Sean O'Shea comes in and says, "If you were the at Broken Token podcast, I would suggest I'll, I'd suggest the Goblet of Far, but but it could be this flipping cup. <laughs> is it that's a play on not only Far Power but it's also Harry Potter." Goblet of Fire? Uh, yeah, that was one of the books. Okay. Yeah. So, and it was, did you reply here at the bottom? Or no, 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 that, she, no, that's Sean. He, he replied again. On a slightly more serious note, how about the chalice of hashtag win? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sean's got it going on. Um, this next one is from Retro Amigo, and this is what I was telling you about earlier, Brent, where I snapped a picture of your mirror. It says, Broken Token, can you post a picture of the Dig Dug mirror discussed two shows back, <laughs> por favor? So, uh, yeah, so Retro Amigo, we got you taken care of. So that, for, for those that might be new listeners to the show, my the bathroom in my game room mm-hmm. is also th- is themed. So there's not a standard color anywhere in this basement. I mean, there's like lime greens and purples and bright orange and that carries over into the bathroom. The mirror above the, the sink is actually, it's a mirror, but it's behind the bezel of a dig dug. So it looks like you're looking into a dig dug, but it's a mirror. So it's yourself in dig dug. So, are you going to post that picture on yeah, Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I will. I, I told him that I'd respond to him with a picture of the mirror. So, yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, James Hale tweeted, at Broken Token, at 6 a.m., and I'm wondering what WTH wiggling, ve- 
what the hell wiggling vectors yeah exactly and then he's got a winky in there he's oh because winky it, yeah. and it's a picture of his i guess that's in his car I, I think so i think that's the that's the head unit in his car right and there it just says wherever he's at it's 75 degrees so yeah so he's he's doing all right uh, and that was this was from march 1st so i wish i was there yeah but uh it says 64 wiggle your vectors. <laughs> That's the, that was the theme. That was the title of episode 64. Yep, it was. And then uh, I did pull this from Facebook mentioning Jim, a uh, friend of the show, because I, he, he took it to the extreme this past month. And he said, listening to this episode and getting some cleaning done. And it's a picture of him in his dentist chair with his sunglasses on with the, with the entire drip, uh, like, like the, uh, the, the spit sucker or something that, you know, pulls all the water out of your mouth. And so uh, he, yeah, I just, yeah, I just like, realized, wow, Jim, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's actually like the hygienist glove hand holding yes. that. And he's like, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, hold on. I got to take a selfie. Yeah. Room. I gotta take a selfie real fast. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta send this to the guys. You know, <laughs> I, and it just made me laugh. And I've gone back and looked at this picture like no less than nine or ten times, and I've laughed every single time I see it. So, brother Jim, you're the best. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, and that's all the feedback we got this month, Brent. So uh, either we ran out of feedback or I ran out of time or both. So I'll let you pick it, okay? Well, Whitney, where can we be found at? That's the question that everyone wants us to answer. Oh, yes. Because, I guess, well, I mean, if they haven't found us. How could they hear this, right? Exactly. So hang tight for one second. Oh, popping his knuckles. Yeah. He's What are you getting revved up? I guess it's Brent. I guess it's that time of the show where we do the outro. It is. It, it yeah. is. It, it's, it's been a good show, a good return back to form, Brent. So we're a little rusty. There's a few That's things okay. we have to straighten out. Your microphone <laughs> techniques have suffered. My reading <laughs> techniques are crappy as usual. So uh, between. <laughs> Between the two of us. And we had a lot of James Hale, a lot of Shot on Shea. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of... It's, it's all good. It's kind of yeah. like being back in the saddle, it, but it we, need to, we need to do a little cleaning on the saddle. Hey, well, yeah, yeah, it's a little it's a little worn from the trail. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll give you that. How about that? All right, Brent, where we can be found. So, we're on uh, Rob O'Hara's Throwback Network, and that's at www.throwbacknetwork.net. Uh, iTunes, we would appreciate a review and uh, rate the podcast if you don't mind. It does help uh, to get us through uh, it, to get us through the the, the search queries and, and you know just helps to push up the the rating of the show. So we, we'd appreciate that. Uh, Stitcher Radio, uh, Xbox Music, and also in the Google Play Store. Uh, of course, the, the normal social media outlets: Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Broken Token. That Twitter box thing that I'm yeah. not fully up on, which is uh, uh, we're at Broken Token. And then the website, www.brokentoken.com. That's it, Brent. So as we put the wrap on a very successful episode number 69, if not a little rusty episode number 69, <laughs> but it was, hey, dude, it was still good. And you know what, man? They're all rusty if you want to go back yeah, and oh, like yeah, really pick yeah. them apart, you know? <laughs> It's, it's, we got it. We're all we're always a little rough around yeah, the edges. That's it's, all right. It's not like we're hashtag professional no, or anything like that. Absolutely so. not. But no, dude, it was fun. We hope everybody enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you back for episode number seventy. And until then, keep your quarters clean and game on.
Congratulations. You made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. But I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> music for the Broken Token Podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com. Go Team Fiero. In our first segment, Whitney, I talked a little. I was worried I wouldn't have any outtakes for this episode. (laughs) Wrong. No, we got that.